Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Harrison Boone podcast. I'm sitting here with Anthony Topic. You are. The one and only. Team Ellis Boxing. How did you get into fight promoting um mate like i've been a family friend of the ellis family since i was like 13 um and you couldn't be a part of the family unless you had fights and knew a lot about boxing and if you didn't you were definitely going to start learning about it you know um and my best mate jake coming from a boxing family he um you know he always wanted to tie me into being a part of it somehow and I went different paths as we were growing up, but we eventually in our early 20s came together and um, decided to go one way with the whole promotion side of things. Was the business already established when you joined? Um, yeah, yeah, it was early stages. I think our first promotion was in 2011 and we started off by doing pro boxing events only. So this is way before we started getting into the celebrity side of things. So for people that don't know, Anthony's promoting my fight in August Correct. against yeah. Daniel. Yeah. And this is a much different fight to what you would normally promote, right? Like you've come from a professional fight background. Yeah. Now you're getting more into like the quote unquote celebrity boxing. Mm. Yeah. Um, walk me through, what's the plan? What, what's the end goal? Mate, the end goal is to, you know, work with promoters like your Jake Pauls and your KSIs. And um, we've already had, you know, a couple of fighters fight on Misfits Boxing and that sort of jazz. So there's massive avenues for you guys to even fight on international platforms. Um, not only that, we want to collaborate with those sort of promoters here in Australia too. And, you know, if you can attach some sort of network to, uh, to it as well, I think um, the, the boxing scene with the whole celebrity side of things can really go off here because we don't really have anyone doing it other than us, you know? Like, you got your, your AFL and footy cards and that sort of stuff, um, but no one's really going into that social media, YouTuber, you know, reality TV in side Australia. of things. Yeah, in Australia, yeah. yeah. I think there's a big, big gap there in the market for us. Definitely. I think the, the trick is then 
once like it's probably quite easy to gather reality television stars because they're all going to have their own motivations like for me it's for charity mm. um for daniel it's for mustache grooming products <laughs> for other people it might be you know there could be any sort of um, yeah. reason why uh low grade bottom feeding degrade celebrity like myself would do this mm. right but I think once you go higher in the ladder, higher in the status of celebrities, I think there must be some sort of a cutoff period. Like, I can't imagine Hugh Jackman wanting to get in the ring. Yeah, I highly doubt. <laughs> like, a Hugh Jackman would want to do that. You know, where do you, th- where do you think the, what do you think the biggest, like, where do you think the cutoff is, though, with celebrity? Like, obviously, if you start becoming like, you start going to someone's profession, their face becomes their profession, right? Yeah. So there must be some cutoff where it's like, someone is too high up in the celebrity to want to get punched in the face for a boxing yeah, match. and like a guy, like you mentioned, like Hugh Jackman, he definitely needs his face. He needs his nose to be in, in a perfect symmetrical line where you don't really, you know what I mean? No, it, it would probably improve my looks if it wasn't. <laughs> it would give you that tough look. You yeah, know? I kind of keep hoping it gets broken because I've, I've never had my nose broken. So yeah. I, like, it's kind of like a bit of a dark like thing i kind of want to know what it feels like so then it's like because that's like my worst fear actually is having my nose yeah yeah really so i was like once that happens i'm like oh fine that, that's it i can deal that's with how it feels yeah. yeah yeah have you had yours broken i haven't that's why it's still really trying yeah, how many pointed. fights have you had i've had three fights now man three fights and never had a nose broken sparring fights so it is possible it, it, it is possible yeah mm. um but the more amateur fights you have without headgear, the more pro fights you have. <clears throat> Obviously, that's with, without headgear, anyways. Um, there's going to start be, the risk increases dramatically. The risk right? increases, and then obviously your opponents are going to start getting better and better. Just like yourself, you're going to obviously start with, you know, Daniel Holmes, and if you want to continue with it, your opponents obviously going to get better as you get better too. Because when people watch one fight, they're going to know how you fight. So we're going to always have to get a better opponent as we go along the journey you know yeah like starting off with daniel holmes is like obviously like easing me into the fight world yeah correct yeah Um, yeah yeah. starting me off with someone who's like handicapped and then working (laughs) my way up from there right i'm not gonna i'm not gonna comment that's you know i actually did you know what's funny like even meeting you today harrison i think um i think the whole of australia's got it wrong and um like you're a funny guy you you, you gave me some good business tips earlier today (laughs) Um, and it's, it's been an absolute pleasure working with you. And, um, I, re- I really hope everyone can see these sides to you as, as a fight date comes closer. You know, I think it's funny, the further I move away from the show, which is obviously how you found me, yeah. the further I move away from the show, the further I move away from the edit as well. Like mm. people ca- just cannot continue to associate me with who I was on the show. Cause no. they, they just, they, I think the more that I get that. FaceTime with other people, the more they're like, he says nothing like the guy I saw exactly. on television, right? Exactly. But to be fair, people should probably know that you and I have known each other for a while now. We've only just met physically today because we live in different states. Correct. And obviously, the, Correct. we're doing promotional stuff for the for the fight thing. But Correct. enough about me. Um, gosh, I could talk about myself all day long. I know what I want to know is... Um, <laughs> <laughs> careful. Okay. I know how to fight now. This is your house. I know how to fight This is your studio. Um, not a threat. But um, I will get physical if I have to. Now. And I've, I've, I've seen you today, mate. I'm, I'm a little bit scared. Now. I'm a little um, bit scared. So what I wanted to ask is, you have an interesting background like me in reality television. Um, you were obviously a model. 
um, sorry to anyone listening, Louis' phone's going off. He's, he's obviously... God damn it, Louis. Yeah, Louis in the background there. Who's Louis? <laughs> he's just a creep in a corner. Yeah. Filming yeah. His, um, his grinder is just going off. He's literally followed he's me all it, from Melbourne. He said it to Sydney and now it's like fresh batch of guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just like... That's what happens when you're the new kid on the block. Yeah, you know what I mean? No, Fresh no. meat. Teach him the way he's Harrison I don't know. I don't run in those circles. Oh, okay. I'd be like a fish out of water in there. All right. Um, but I'm sure it's the same as boxing. You know, keep your hands up. That's it. Always <laughs> always be aware of your surroundings. <laughs> yeah. You know I mean? Keep your hands up, chin down. Keep right. your guard up in line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so how did you get into modeling? Because you have quite an interesting look. Uh very heavily tattooed from what I can see, rocking the mullet. Um, how did how did the modeling come about? Because that look is so fashionable at the moment. Oh, look, I didn't I didn't have a mullet when I was modeling, so okay. let's just get that straight. Um, and <laughs> Shame. <laughs> I was <laughs> I would have taken over. I would have had yeah, you know, yeah. Versace and Armani. They would have been knocking down your door. Hundred percent. Mullets big in the high fashion world. Well, I've seen a lot of people around the world start rocking mullets. Yeah, it's. I don't know why it's come back. It's so come back now. Every, every kid at the gym is rocking a mullet. Mm. I think Louis had a mullet for a little while. The guy in the corner here just filming things. <laughs> did you? Did you have a mullet? Nice, nice. That's the logical next step. Yes, that's yeah. where I'm going. Next. Starts off with a mullet, goes to a rat tail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, he's gone backwards. What, what's the next thing above rat tail? Just oh, maybe a mohawk. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like you've got to start then doing facial hair after you arrive at the rat tail. Oh, uh, yeah. I'll, yeah. It was setting trends here today. Um, so, yeah, the mullet has come back. Is that why you're rocking it? Well, it's not, it's not a complete mullet. I've just shaved the sides. So it looks like a mullet because I'm wearing a hat right now. Mm. Um, it's not the full Joe Dirt, essentially. Oh, no, 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 no. Definitely not. I do it like sleek back, like mud fuels of style. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah. Um, but so how did, modeling talk me through it how did you get into it where have you been with it what brands have you worked with yeah so um, I think 2015 <clears throat> I went to America with one of my friends Les Rallis, Um and this is five time world champion Les Rallis's oldest son um, and he got signed up with um, William Morris Endeavor who is Leonardo DiCaprio's management and Margot Robbie's management and he was going there for pilot season because he had like Castings for Spider-Man, X-Men, Power wow. Rangers, all sorts of jazz. Power things. Rangers is the top of that list. You reckon? Yeah. Yeah. I think he was going for the Black Power Ranger. No, the pink one. Oh, maybe nowadays. I'm rocking I'm rocking all pink right now. So Yeah, is that because in. of the, the Barbie movies made pink hot again? Yeah. I'm, mm. I'm definitely trying to bring it back. You look like you bashed Ken and took his I money. bashed Ken and ate him up. <laughs> yeah. And then vomited yeah. him out. And, and then took Barbie out. Yeah, and then took Barbie yeah. out for, <laughs> yeah. for a drift. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> took Barbie out drifting. <laughs> um, but yeah, nah. And then uh, he, he's like, you know, come up with me and we'll spend a couple months up there. I don't know if you want to, you know, get some photo shoots and stuff done because he's the guy who originally got me into it. Um, and uh, Into the modeling game. Into the well, scene. into the idea of getting into the modeling do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I'm like, all right, well, I'll come down for a little bit and see how we kind of go. Because obviously, it's you know, there's a lot of opportunities over there in that field. Um, and then live with him for about two months over there. Some guy randomly hit me up on Instagram, and I probably had like maybe a thousand followers or something like that. I don't even know why anyone would hit me up randomly. And that guy ended up being uh, Nicki Minaj, Post Malone, Justin Bieber's like fashion styles for their um, wow. concerts. Okay. 
good link up. Yeah, amazing. I was thinking like, you know, am I going to get kidnapped or something? Is this guy real? You know? Yeah. And um, asked him a bit more about it. And he said, I've got, a, I've got a shoot happening on KTLA TV in America. And that's like the biggest news channel in LA. And I go, all right, mate, like I'll, I'll see you, I guess, tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. for, you know, for fittings. And then he turned out to be to be real and his name's Ashton Michael and he like dresses all like the biggest, you know, rappers and singers and that sort of stuff in America. So that's how you got in working with him? Yeah. And, and where um, did it go from there? Well, I ended up doing the segment. Um, and after I'd done the segment, I had William, um, not William Morrison, but Wilhelmina. They're like one of the biggest agencies, LA models. I had all these agencies in LA and back home in Australia hit me up to want to sign me up. I just couldn't believe how quickly like word spread. They were like, who's this guy? And that was it, you know? Nice. um, The next day. Any traveling involved with all the work? A lot of traveling. Yeah. I'd be be gone for Mm. months on end, you know? And then was, would you find it hard to like meet people and maintain a relationship or? Oh, in terms of like partner? Yeah. Yeah, Romance was, I was, I was single for eight years. Yeah, it'd be tough. It yeah, was, it was really, really tough. But you was constantly surrounded by like beautiful people, right? Oh yeah, or, like, which makes it even harder in a way. Yeah, it's like you want to, you know, you want to settle down with someone because um, you find them attractive, but you get get along with them on a deeper level. But I'm going to be leaving in a couple of weeks, so I can't really yeah. do that, you know. So it was always like a fling type thing for for you know majority of my twenties. I went through that, um, just likening it to my own experience with doing like the topless waitering and the stripping stuff. Yeah. Mates, <laughs> there's no way I could have maintained a relationship because I was always like, well, I've got a boat booked in on Saturday night, mm. right? Um, and then after that, I'm doing back-to-back hens parties in the city. Why would I have a girlfriend? And it, how, right. how would that go I'm going to be surrounded by like 30 women at each party and I've got like eight parties booked in. But would you be going on dates and you drop that? Mate, and you like- would be amazed how many wild things happened at oh. hen's parties. Yeah. Like, I've, ev- heard, I've heard stories. Every, nearly every girl wants to fuck the stripper. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, thanks to me, they did. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Now, did you get paid extra for that? No. Oh, no. Damn. That was, that was my gift okay. to them. <laughs> that was that extra piece of service. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, if you're listening, you're you're welcome. That <laughs> happened, and you're welcome. Um, so yeah, it was just like, bro, there was no way I was going to maintain a relationship. Yeah. No fucking way, because, man, it's like, um, it's too tempting. It's like uh, being told you can only have steak and then go into a sushi restaurant. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like a, yeah, you got all this different food in front of you. You got to try it. Yeah, you got to try. You got to get some soy sauce on the that. Forbidden fruit has to be tasted. Yeah, you got to um, taste that shit. So with the modeling stuff, I can only imagine that's like just as amped because oh, it's like yeah. you're all good-looking people. Then you get invited to these amazing parties. And like, let's be real, good-looking people get invited to famous people's houses to go to big parties. Like mm. that's just what happens, right? Well, that, yeah. And I like, wouldn't know, but apparently that's what... That's like, exactly kind of how it went down. Yeah, I, that's how I imagine it. <laughs> and that's it, how I imagine it would have been for good-looking people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, you would know, though. <laughs> Louis would know. Louis would know. Louis knows. Louis is a good-looking guy. Louis is a good-looking guy. Yeah. Too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, like, it was a, there was a lot of partying involved and stuff. And, like, I come from, like, a, a sports background. I was playing soccer and yeah. I was going overseas to play here and there when I was, when I was a kid and wanted to be a professional soccer player. 
So for me, going into the party scene with the whole modeling side of things was, you know, I wasn't too keen on it when I, that's not what I got into the modeling for, but it definitely came with the gig, you know? And um, I mean, you can't, you, you got to get into modeling. You're going to, I'm sure you're going to go in there with like some altruistic values, but man, once you're in there and the parties start happening and the girls start getting introduced and the alcohol's flowing uh, and there's free Coke and all that yeah. stuff, like, man, those kind of like, schoolboy ideas of you know going oh, it's, in there it's, for the right reasons they go straight out the fucking window oh god it's like your 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 deepest fantasies are coming true almost you know right. like a lot of things that you know because I've, I've i've partied in in europe la america just in general australia like i feel bad about myself now <laughs> you just really, hearing you rattle off these big names yeah. um wildest party you've been at and what did you see uh while this party well i went to a um it was a party in malibu and everyone was wearing like um have you watched the count of monte cristo you, you would not movie? believe this the count of monte cristo is my favorite movie it's of one all of my time. favorite movies too bro did we just become best friends i think so man <laughs> let's touch, watch the count of monte cristo <laughs> Like, We're going to have a quick break while we go watch The Count of Monte Cristo. We'll be right back. <laughs> but yeah, like everyone was wearing like these masks. and you and Yes, like the ball. Yeah, like the ball. Like yes. that was the whole point of the party. And this Amazing. This was on like a couple acres in Malibu. It was just stunning, stunning property. Like, I don't know. I don't know who owned it. Um, but there was a whole bunch of celebrities there. But you, you weren't allowed to take out your phone. You had to sign an agreement that you weren't going to take any photos and they put a sticker on your camera front and back. Basically, if you were caught taking, taking photos taking photos, or whatever, you'd be kicked out straight away yeah. and kind of blacklisted from that group of people. Ah, okay. And um, that was super interesting. And by the end of it, I had, um, <laughs> I had a Cuga hit me up and she basically asked me if I wanted to be a boy toy for about 10,000 US a week. And what do you think I done? Hmm. Fill us in. Huh? Fill us in. I rejected it because I had to go on Sunday back home for a play. <laughs> I'm like, why the heck did I reject that? She could have just went to union money over. I Look, could have taken in cash. It could have also just been talk, you know? It could have been, but she she, she was pretty wealthy. So hmm. she could have made it happen. But I didn't want to sell my soul at that point, you know? Because I'm not, I'm not really good at taking, you know, instructions on what I should be doing per day during a week and all that sort of stuff. So I kindly, like to, I kindly rejected it. Yeah, yeah. But reluctantly at the same time. Wildest party I've been to, I walked into a room and there was like 20 people having sex. That's and like a full orgy. Yeah. It was like yeah. a swingers party or something? Basically, yes. Right. And um, some stuff happened. There must be a lot of STDs and STIs flying around at that point. No, you, you kind of, um, like boxing, you can't go in the ring unless you're protected. Oh, okay. What about BJ's? BJ's is a weird grey area, hey. See what I'm saying? Yeah. I actually had this chat with a friend. Um, it's a weird grey area. Yeah. It's like, what are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to you're not going to wear a condom for a blowjob, right? It's kind of weird. You it's know so I mean? weird. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think I've ever experienced it with a, yeah. a Connie on. Because that's a weird thing to do. But it's probably the safest way to go about it, no doubt. Yeah. If any kids are listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, 
this also serves as a sexual education project yeah, podcast. There so. you go. We're hitting all sorts of markets um, here. Doesn't matter where you put it. Grapefruit, a girl's mouth, tarp up. Just be safe, tarp right? Up. That's yes. the. That's the. Um, yes. Oh, man, I've never really worn them though. I don't know. I just feel like the, the so chances much. are so slim though. It's not. This is not obviously medical advice, but um, it's not good medical advice. No, advice. and the other thing as well is like you know when you when the opportunity arises, you usually kind of like had a few beers or whatever, and it's like <laughs> the last thing you think about is fumbling around in your wallet for a condom that's been sitting there for six years. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I look like I probably look like a guy who'd probably go without the rubber. Yeah. Do I look like a guy who'd go without the rubber? Um, I don't know. I don't really like. I don't really like look at guys enough in that way to okay. be able to assess whether or not they would rubber yeah. up during intercourse. Yeah. That's never a question I've ever actually been asked. Okay, well, um, I can actually look at someone and be like, they don't, they don't put. No do rubber. I look like I wear a rubber? No. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. You look like you would. I now do. That I, think about I do. It. Yeah. Because it was, you know, Loser. like I said, <laughs> so I was, I was single, <laughs> single for eight years. There, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Anything could have happened, especially when you're going overseas and stuff. See, the thing is. America has higher chances of that than yeah yeah it just does it just does yeah um, the influx of people north and south like yeah it's yeah I feel like I'm not risking it yes I've, especially like Miami LA those sorts of places there's some really beautiful areas and some not so beautiful areas mm. and it's all a melting pot right so I feel like the chances would be much higher for some reason I just feel like we're very blessed in Sydney where we kind of don't just in my experience, I've never encountered an issue. Um, Neither have I. Thank yeah. Thank yeah. You know, yeah. I'm actually, I'm actually, like, pretty happy about that little start. Yeah. I have, I have one time it burnt to piss. Went to the doctor, took some antibiotics. Done, Sweet. done and dusted. Nothing serious. Absolutely. That's in like, what, fifteen years of yeah. being sexually active. That's, that's a good start. That's a really yeah. good start. Um, well, there yeah. you go. That's probably what's given me my false sense of confidence. I think there's other people out there that'd be like, I had sex once and now I've got it. You just had it with the wrong person. Yeah, yeah. I'd always make sure I went for quality over quantity. Do you know what I'm saying? Same. That's also a thing, that's right? A, that's a thing. I feel like if you just go for numbers, like there was a time where I was going for numbers and then there was, I was like, what's the point? I'm just going to go for quality now. Mm. And you sort of like pivot away from that, that juvenile yeah. idea of, what a man is and then mm. you at some stage you will anyway. and you figure it out you're like yeah you know, and the thing is I'd rather like bang a 10 than two fives that's it two fives does equal a 10 though I've had a threesome with I would say three sixes is that an 18 can I say I've banged an 18 out of 10 then does it not work that way or is a maximum 10 does it maximum cap out of 10? 10 you can't go over 10 maybe 11 but not 18 this is mm. ridiculous. How mm. can time be an 18? What does that mean? You know? Well, it's three sixes piled on top of each other. Yes, um, This happened, um, and then I went skydiving the next day. Yeah, so, a big couple of days. Do we have, have, a, do we have, have time, a day off? Yeah? Do we have time for like one of my funny stories? <laughs> yeah, go for okay, it. So, um, go to a bar down in Wollongong, pull these three birds, um, go back to their place, have a threesome. And then we go skydiving the next day and I didn't leave their place until like 3 a.m., 4 a.m. And then skydiving, we had to be there like super early. I can't remember what it was, but I like basically had a nap in the Uber on the way to the airfield. 
And then we get there and I'm, man, I haven't slept. I reek of alcohol. Like, um, there's no way I should be skydiving right now. No. And um, my best mate Darren was there. And we go through like all the, I was sleeping through the safety stuff. Nice. Like I was fucked. Yeah. And we get out to the air, airfield and we actually paid for like the, where they film you and you get all of the footage on the camera yeah. after the after the jump. And I man, I've never looked so dusty in a video before, eh? Oh, I need like, to see walking it. out to the plane. It's on my Instagram. And um we're going up in the plane and Darren's like, So what happened like last night? I hadn't spoken to him. I'd slept all through the safety briefing. So we're going up in the plane. And um as we're going up, like the the instructor's like strapping me to him as we're like going up in the plane because you get in individually and then they sort of like start buckling you up while you're in the plane and yeah uh me and darren were sitting out the door we were going to be the first out the door and then all the people were behind us so we could we could kind of have a conversation i wouldn't say privately but there's no chance really in the loudness of that little plane with the roller door next to us i don't think anyone's going to hear us so i start going through the story of what happened last night because he only saw me leave the bar with three girls and he was like king move right yeah so I start telling him like what happened and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And um, we get to the top and the, there's like three lights in the plane, red, orange, and green. And green means like that you're jumping. Okay. So red and then it goes to orange and like the, we go up a little bit further and then the roller door comes up and um, the skydiving instructor, it goes to like, orange is still there and he goes right like put your legs out of the plane so my oh, man i'm like actually reliving this story as i'm telling you right i was the first one out so my legs are out and i'm like oh, crossing my arms like this getting ready to jump and um i'm like sitting there looking up he's like look up look up because when you when you jump out if your head's down as you jump out it'll snap back, back. Yeah. yeah so he's like look up so i'm looking at like this little thing on the plane it says like keep away from emergency door or whatever I'm just reading that over and over and over again. And um, the instructor goes in my ear. He goes, what was that girl's name? The one that did the X, Y, Z to you? And I was like, oh, man, I don't know. Um, uh, I said like, oh, Sarah or something, like yeah. whatever it was. Yeah. And um, he goes, which which apartment was it? And I was like, oh, um, oh, like I think it was like 18 or something. And he goes, bro, that's my sister. And then if we jump out the plane. No. Yes. Oh, no. And I was like, this guy's not going to open the chute, man. This guy's going to unbuckle This guy's not going to open the chute. Like, he's going to... So I like, I come out of the plane. I've never gripped the harness. Like, obviously, you probably could have unbuckled the harness for all I know. But, man, I was like, I'm going to die. I thought I was going to die. What are you doing, are we, Harrison? Are we, we get down we land and and i was like good joke bro because uh, like as we were as we were coming down in the parachute he's like bro i was just fucking with you yeah yeah. yeah. i've never been so scared before in my life bro <laughs> <laughs> that's like the last thing yeah. you want to hear before you jump out of the plane exactly but mate, um, you can see the video yeah i very nearly shit my pants yeah, yeah coming yeah. out of the plane see, i was that, like that would have been that would have been viral footage <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was just like ah. Oh got me good and yeah, like yeah. i was so hung over that even that little prank was like <sighs> you didn't even care or, or no it just hit yeah. me like 10 times harder oh, okay oh, it's like uh i see these videos now that are like going pretty viral as well where um the people on like theme park rides will fuck with the people right before the thing drops or whatever they're like oh i've just got to check your harness or whatever and then the machine drops and you can hear them screaming for like dear life yeah yeah, yeah. they're pretty funny so he kind of that to me 
Like, I just never skydive, to be honest. Like, Mate, you got to do it. Nah, I don't. You got to do it at least once. I don't want to. I like keeping my feet not underground. I've done enough stupid shit in my life, Harrison. I'm yeah, done. we all have. But skydiving is just more stupid shit. Yeah. Why stop doing stupid shit? Because I'm in my 30s now, bro. You know, so I'm, am turning, I. I'm turning 31 this year. Like, my, my lower back's starting to go out here and there, you know? <laughs> Ankles start clicking. Yeah. The brain's not working. It's so weird. History. You see these memes that are like, once you hit 30, you get like knee and back pain. Yeah. I, was like, I was like, nah. And it was someone just walking in the ankle. <laughs> and then like, I'm 33 now. And I'm like, shit's pretty accurate. Like, yeah. 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 You don't believe that stuff when you're growing up, but then. You How start- do 70 year olds even get out of bed? I don't know. I'm str- I struggle these days. Like anyone who knows me knows that I don't like getting up early in the morning. Mate, I've been getting up like 5 a.m. And the cold is not like gentle on joints. Not anymore. And the, the worst part is not the run or the running itself. The worst part is the first few steps of the run. Mm. Once you get warmed up, you're I could sweat. run all day. You're sweet. You're ready to yeah, go. yeah. But it's like, it's yeah. The first hundred meters is like pretty agonizing. Because and then and then everything hurts from the day before, especially if I have like a big sparring oh, session or whatever. Yeah, it's like four day recovery. Yeah, yeah. You know. So let's talk about um let's talk about boxing. You've yeah. had fights. I'm having yes. a fight. Yeah. What advice would you give to someone in my position who's training for their first fight? Definitely um commit yourself to the camp. Do you know what I mean? Don't be going out. I tell a lot of the boys um that do it, no sex for as long as you can. Definitely not just before the fight. No masturbating, no nothing. How long Take before it. the fight should you not have sex? Um, look, if you can do the whole camp, do the whole camp. What, keep eight that, weeks keep of no sex. Keep that testosterone in those nuts. Eight weeks of no sex. Yeah, yeah, if you can. But not many I'm going into disciplined a, enough to do I'm it. going to fight someone. I'm not joining a nunnery. But you want to make them pay for the fact that you haven't been able to do that for that long. And it's like, it's a, it's a mental thing. It's a mental, you know you got that mental edge over that guy. When you get in there, you know, like imagine right now you just stop having sex for eight weeks. Obviously, I don't want to imagine your poor girlfriend, you know, but Daniel will pay for that <laughs> in eight weeks and you'll be angry about it, you know, and you'll keep that testosterone in you, you know. But other than that, you know, train hard, listen to what your, your trainer is telling you. Obviously, you've got a diet. Um, because you're coming down in weight and you're looking great by the way bro thank you mate yeah I feel very lean you're looking very lean lean. and you're going to get leaner yeah only a few kilos to go that can be sort of lost in the last couple of weeks before the fight are you finding that boxing's helping you shred up real quick Um, it's an interesting question because I don't know what part of either boxing or not doing heavy weights at the gym anymore is making me leaner. I think, I think the, the, look, the thing about boxing is you can't really be doing a bodybuilding type training every day of the week no, because you, you have to, to you have to, yeah, you have to spar, you have to get bag time in, you have to move, you have to, you know, so your, your body is adapting to really becoming like a top athlete. Like mm. that's, that's what it takes to get in the ring and box properly, right? Like is being yeah. an athlete. Yeah, yeah. and that, they do say that boxing on many forums and, <clears throat> and many pages and stuff now that it is the number one hardest sport in the world. I would agree. I would agree, yeah. Because how many sports do you get punched in the face 
Like and can't. and you have to work out in order to do it. Yeah. Right. It's not like CrossFit, man. I've no. I've done CrossFit. I've done bodybuilding type workouts. Like I've done a lot of different stuff in my time. And I'll say this: boxing is by far the hardest, mm. by far. Yeah. Mostly because you get up, you do either sprints, intervals on certain days. Other days you just go for a road run. Other other days you go for a timed run. Uh, today I did eight k. Just just didn't like it, just a jog. Just did eight yeah. k. Just to just to get that distance of running in into your lungs. Yeah. Um, yeah, but also like the body, the repetition. Um, ran pretty quick up some hills. Like just, I didn't make it like a, an easy eight k, mm. but I did eight k just to put eight k on my on my on my um in the legs basically. Yeah, yeah, on my body for the day. Yeah. Um. So got up, sparred in the morning, did eight k, and then obviously we had our photo shoot this afternoon, hitting back stuff like that. So I got like another sort of workout in hitting the pads and all that sort of stuff as well. So yeah. it's been today's been a productive day. Um, but I'll say this. That now for me is nothing. The The hard days are the days where I'll get up, I'll do a 5K run and sprints. Mm. Then I'll work an eight to nine to 10 hour day on yep. site. Then I'll go to the gym. <clears throat> I'll have say half an hour of sparring, half an hour of pad work, and then I'll get on the assault bike and hit a heavy bag mm. for another half an hour. Yeah, Those days fucking ruin me. Mm-hmm. Or days where I do like five to ten rounds of sparring. Those days are hard. Yeah. Like they're, they are hard on my body, hard on me mentally, hard on my fitness. Yeah. Um, and there's not a lot of sports that take it out of... I've never, I've never done anything like boxing in terms of the draining of your physical being. Mm-hmm. Like well, by the time I walk out of the gym, I can barely get in the car. Yeah. Fucked. Yeah, it's, it's, it is truly a full body workout. Yeah. And it works you mentally too, mate. Like, it's, they, that's what they say, like, a boxing fight is like a chess game. Yes. Especially at the highest of levels. You yeah, know, it's like, like playing chess, yeah. Yeah, and like you just said there, um, with working full-time during a day and then you got to do these extras in the morning and then after work and all that sort of stuff, that's how pro fighters do it. You know, like, the Michaels Rafts at our gym at Team Alice. Um, it's take, very rare that guys won't have a regular job while yeah, they're training for a fight. Exactly. They, yeah. they, have, they have to fund themselves until they Probably come. like 0.1% of the industry like that, right? Yeah, for sure. Until, until you start getting some major sponsors behind you. And even then, you're only going to get major sponsorship behind you when you've won a few fights and you've shown a lot of promise. You know, otherwise, yeah. people aren't naturally just going to want to give you money, you know, to, to yeah, fund your prob- dreams. How many... How many people just want to do that, you know? I would say you're not really in a position where, from from what I've seen, I, I'm, I'm new to the whole boxing thing, but yeah. I've started really following a lot of different fighters, you know, especially on Instagram. I've started really f- like watching a lot of um, training videos and, you know, tips, tricks, videos, stuff like yeah. that. And one thing, I like, it, it's interesting because I'm learning a new skill, but I'm also learning a, an entirely new sport. Yeah. And one thing I'll say is like, from what I've seen, the top earners, they're like people with the belts. Everyone else usually working a regular job until they get there. 100%. Because you're not really getting that big payday until you're at the tippy top, Like right? you're looking at, um, let's say, Teofimo Lopez, for instance. Did you watch his last fight with, um, who did he fight last? Uh, who's that? Josh Taylor. Josh Taylor, yeah. And um, that, that was for the undisputed belts. Like he's got all the belts, right? And he reckons he got paid like a million dollars for that. Wow. Which is nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. he's, you know, he's, he's going to get commissioned out of that. He's got to give it to managers and he's going to get taxed on that as well. So it is, it is a hard gig. And um, that's why, you know, I don't know, 
0.001% of the population ever make it to that. You know, like it's such a hard sport, you know. And then you're looking at countries like Mexico and, um, you know, parts of Europe and America, Australia even. Like Australia is definitely coming through the ranks, but these people need a fight to live, you know. We're, we're yeah, like, we've got like, what, 27 million people here. Yeah. America's got like 350 million. Yeah. So obviously anything that is in the marketplace in the States is going to be a much, much larger marketplace in terms of revenue than Correct. say Australia yeah. or Europe or other parts of the world right yeah. Like, yeah um and especially like a sport like boxing there's a lot of show business in boxing oh, and a lot of promotion it's entertainment right? business yeah so that's where the money comes from these big fights in Vegas especially yeah. the MMA bro that's huge mm. like yeah um and it's surprising that a lot of boxers aren't more transitioned to MMA because that seems to be where the money is now like MMA seems to be the closest thing you can get to like gladiator on gladiator without weapons whereas boxing it's still restricted it's no legs it's more of an art form mm. boxing like you said a chess game it's so much sh- harder to knock someone out and hurt them you know yeah because you're only using your hands right correct yeah yeah it's 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 and you've got padded gloves and it is what i know for a fact it's one of the oldest martial arts boxing yeah absolutely like if the not oldest. the oldest yeah right? um the thing i the thing I like about boxing, and I agree with you, it's a chess game because you're moving your head mm. while looking for an opening mm-hmm. in your opponent's guard. And it's one thing to throw a punch. It's another thing to throw a punch and land. And it's another thing to throw a punch and land in one of their vulnerable spots. Exactly. So you're working, you're calculating all of this on the fly in points of a second. Mm-hmm. And as you throw that punch, where you move to next determines whether or not you eat one of theirs or not. So it is the most mentally taxing, almost like fencing, like, Um, or chess. It's the most mentally taxing sport I've ever participated in. It's the most physical because to anyone that hasn't been in the ring, throwing punches at someone's face for three minutes is so gassing on your body. Yeah. Because you're not even like, even just to hit a heavy bag for three minutes is tiring. (laughs) Right? Like when I first started, I couldn't even lift my fucking hands after three minutes of hitting a heavy bag. I literally couldn't hold my hands up. Mm -hmm. That's even if I got through the three minutes. Yeah. Now, not so much. But three minutes of sparring, that's a whole nother level above hitting a heavy bag. Yeah. That's like, like we were talking about before. You're ducking, you're moving, you're weaving, you're throwing punches, you're pulling back, you're coming back into range, you're throwing. Like, or you get hit. And when you get hit, it's like you have to reassess everything on the floor. And that, that takes its own amount of energy as well. Right. You know? um, right. And, and you've got to think about it as well, Harrison. Like, guys who are fighting for world titles, um, girls fight two minutes, two minute rounds, but it's still 12. Guys fight 12 rounds, but at three minutes, that's 36 minutes in the ring. Correct. It's a long time, you know. It's, it's, it's a, like you said, it's a chess game, you know, and even before that, it was 15 rounds at three minutes. It's 45 minutes in a ring with another, another opponent trying to take your head off, you know, like it's a crazy amount of time to be stuck in a square with another person trying to kill you. Basically it's, you're legally allowed to, you know, hurt someone as, as much as you can in there, you know? So, um, yeah, now you're starting to feel it a little bit, you know? just how long one round is now try doing 12 of them with a high skilled boxer you know 
yeah, it's funny though. Like I feel like as you get better and you start doing more and more sparring, more and more training, um, and you, your skill level is increasing. I feel like you start, especially if you were to, to like, I, I don't know, but I'm just assuming that at the professional level, you're also walking in there with your own set of weapons. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like they're going to put a professional boxer against a complete amateur. That's not a fair fight. Like you're going in either, you know, with the intention of fighting a fair fight. Like that's mm. what that's what the crowd wants to see. Yeah. They want to see a fair fight between two people. Correct. They, they want, want to see, see people that are evenly matched. That's why there's weight classes. Yeah. And that's why there's professional and amateur classes as well mm-hmm. is because you're going to match someone with your roundabout skill level and weight so that it's a fair fight. Correct. Yeah. I mean, there is still a lot of integrity in the sport in terms of the matchups for, for fights. Um, I know that some people would disagree and think that, you know, like when you get to the pro level, then they start picking their fights, they pick easy fights, they're defending blugger all for their time. Like we talk about that all day, but I think especially the amateur level, I think it's usually much evenly matched so that you're not, I'm not getting in the ring with fucking Mike Tyson. You know what no, I mean? And then fights like that just won't get commissioned. You know, like the board, <clears throat> the commissioning board, they're not going to allow that to happen. Do you know what I mean? Like Mike Tyson can't go and fight Harrison Boone because Harrison Boone wants to fight professional tomorrow. It's just never going to happen. You know, you have to earn your way into the professional league anyway, don't you? You have to have a certain amount of fights and, well, Conor McGregor is like one of the very few that I know that fought someone like a Mayweather 51-0 and and he's never had a boxing fight before. Like he had amateur fights when he was younger. Um, that was more of an exhibition though, right? Like No, it was, it was a proper pro fight. He went on his record. Yeah, but I feel like um, I feel like it, it, they got an MMA guy to do boxing. Yeah. But I mean, I feel fun. like if the inverse happened, if Mayweather got in the cage, oh, he'd have got... That's why Mayweather like, didn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> he was smart enough to get yeah. McGregor into a boxing ring, you know? Yeah. And it was even leading up into that fight, I was having so many people tell me that Conor McGregor was going to win. And in my my group, we, we we smashed Mayweather. You know, we smashed her on the KO. Like, like it's, a, it's an MMA fighter fighting a boxer. Yes, it is a combat sport, but it is so... Different, different technically you yes. know what I mean like with, with MMA I, I think you know you can grapple and do all that sort of stuff your natural boxing stance is a lot more is a lot more open with your shoulders where boxing you want to be really side on mm. and that's why Mayweather shoulder rolls and stays behind his shoulder so you've got nothing to hit you know Mayweather's got an interesting Philly shell technique yeah yeah, yeah. where he's he's almost got no guard in front of his face most of the fight he's just relying on reflexes in his shoulder yeah and you'll start he's very good with it oh he's unbelievable and he's 45 now still you know still punching on and you know Philly rolling and still got that eye in you know but that'll go as you get as you get older you know he's not gonna be that fit or that sharp for too much longer you'd imagine but the guys that he's fighting at the moment you know it's definitely it's definitely working and you know, I'd personally love to see like a Pacquiao Mayweather happen soon, you know, at their age, you know, in their mid to late 40s. That would be something I'd love to see. Two of boxing greats just get pitted together. Oh, that'd be lovely, you know, like Mike Tyson, Roy, Roy Jones. You Pacquiao know. said um, he used to spar 36 rounds. Yeah. So when he got into a fight, it wasn't as bad. It was like the first half of sparring it's, for him. It's all a mental thing, bro. Yeah. Like boxing is, <clears throat> is all mental. You know, like it is, it is, you know, very hard on the body physically, but 
Imagine sparring at a professional level for 36 rounds and then going to a professional fight would still not be that bad. Like yeah. he was he was just agonizing himself in training mm. to get ready for the fights. Oh yeah. And I, I work pretty closely with his trainers, um, Justin Fortune and Freddie Roach in America. And yeah, they just said he had this this strength that like they've never seen before in a fighter. Mm. He's knocking out you know, Mexican fighters were some of the toughest guys in the game. Yeah. You know, and he come up from, I think it was like 105 pounds or something like that. He was a really small man. And he became an eight division world champion. World champion. It's yeah. unheard of. No one's ever done that before. Well, I think it ties in, like his mentality ties in. I read this um, really great quote by Navy SEAL who was on the Black Hawk Down mission. And his quote was, the more you bleed in training, the less you bleed in war. Yeah. And so I true. feel like that's a lot of people's mentalities is like make training as hard as possible yeah. and as realistic as possible. And I'm definitely going through that now, like a bit of a baptism by and fire, like thrown in the deep end, yeah. make it as hard and, and as difficult as possible. So that when you get in the ring, you aren't, you're not in a stressed environment. You're mm. in something that's actually quite comfortable. Like well, you're used to it by then, right? Well, it, like, you know, all the best trainers have always told me if you train hard, the fight's easy. Mm. Fight's the easy part. You've got to get in there, even for your fight, three twos, you've got to get in there for six minutes. Mm. But you need to train for 10, 12 weeks for it. That's what people don't understand is like you need to be like 60-minute fit to mm. do six minutes under the lights, Correct. under pressure. They think, oh, six minutes, that's nothing. You know, it's a lot. Wait till you, right. you, know, wait till you get in there and have a couple of spars, three twos going hard. Then you'll realize how, how hard the two-minute rounds are, you mm. know. And you get like a 30-second break in between. But that's the thing. You've got to really be 10 rounds of sparring fit to do three rounds on the night. That's right. kind of the... That's, you, yeah, you just don't want, to, you don't want to leave no stone unturned. Put mm, it that way. Yeah. You know. Walk me through what your fights were like. What was your first fight like? Um, and what did you feel going into it? It was funny because I fought a guy who I actually went to school with and he had seven kickboxing fights. And... Um, a lot of the guys in, in my team were telling me, like, this is a wrong fight. Like, I reckon, you know, this is going to be a hard one for you. I think we should maybe change opponents. I'm like, nah, like, I'm going to treat this like my world championship fight, you know, because I was modeling at the same time. So it was in my... And modeling and boxing go hand in go, hand, right? <laughs> Try to tell that to my manager. At that point. <laughs> yeah. And he actually put it in my contract because he knew I was a part of, you know, the Alice group and that sort of stuff. And he was telling me, I'm putting in your contract that you're not going to get, you're not going to have a boxing fight. You know, I'm like, oh God, like, there goes one of my dreams and aspirations, you know. Um, but I did it anyways. And um, honestly, it was like the best experience I've ever had in my whole life having a fight. I learned so much from it. Just not only in the ring and about boxing, you, you, you really truly understand it when you have a fight. You really understand how much goes into a boxing um, fight. But it helped me with all different things outside of it, you know, like, after I had my first fight, I did a Jimmy Choo thing with Cara Delvine. I worked on set with her and I was doing runways in, in Milan and doing all that sort of stuff. Just thinking, this is easy as piss. Like, you try getting in there and fight, a, fight another bloke. Like, that's what's hard. Walking, walking in a straight line and putting on a neutral face when I get to the end of the runway, that's not, that's not hard, you know? So really, like, put a lot of things into perspective for me as I was getting further down the line with either business, modeling or anything else that I wanted to achieve, you know? It's funny. Um, I sit here now with a, a busted lip and my jaw is killing me from <laughs> sparring this morning. Like, man, I, I haven't actually been smacked in the jaw that hard ever. Yeah. Um, 
made me dizzy. Mm. Like I felt dizzy. Um, yeah. And um, I just like remember um, thinking exactly like what you're saying now, like, man, the entertainment industry is nothing. It's not hard work. It's hard to get to the top, but usually what gets you to the top of the entertainment industry is how attractive you are to other people mm. and the connections you make along the way. Yeah. That's really the entertainment industry in a nutshell. Yeah. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. You know, like it's seldom ugly people at the top of the entertainment industry. Um, that said, it's not hard work to get there. It's just you have to eat a lot of shit along the way and you mm. don't get paid much until you get to the top. Yeah, that's of, the hard there's part. There's a lot of free that's work. When people talk about the hard part to get there, that's what they mean. Mm. Getting punched in the face, that's fucking hard. Yeah. Right? Like going yeah. to going to like film a reality television show was not hard work. Mm. That was a walk in the fucking park. Like yeah. this is hard. What we're do- what we're doing, what you're promoting, what I'm involved in, that's hard. Yeah. That everything else is pretty easy by comparison. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. And and we see it with people doing our camps. Like a lot of a lot of the people that jump on the undercard, which would be on your undercard, are just gym members that want to change their lives. You know, they want to get fit and healthy or they want to learn how to fight. They they're doing it for themselves mentally. A lot of people are doing it for mental health. Like after COVID, I've seen a lot of people come through regarding that sort of side of things. Um, and I feel like the sport's been a, a blessing for many people, including myself, mate. Like I've, I've come from a, a pretty um, a pretty rough background when I, when I was younger and grew up in a pretty rough area and almost had no discipline growing up. And I wish that I had it, you know, more boxing fights when I was playing soccer because it would have kept me disciplined. It's the disciplined sport, you know. Um, and it was definitely something that people in my area, kids in my area, were definitely lacking. And, you know, it's just wonderful to see the next generation come through. Um, boxing is not what it used to be, you know, in the 80s, 90s, even early 1000s. Like, if you wanted to walk into a boxing gym back then, the trainer would say, all right, mate, get in the ring, you're, you're sparring your first day. Imagine telling you that on your first day walking to a gym or I did spar on my first day okay but you're having a fight that's different yeah, yeah. you know what I mean but just say you just wanted to go in there you know you've got a fight on your first day getting in there to prove to the trainer you want to have a fight yeah now yeah. it's it's so different you know like people people are wanting to get in there for different reasons I remember I I sparred with a professional fighter on my first day yeah and I've not really ever felt that embarrassed before because like as a man I've got a bit of pride yeah and knowing that this other guy was just, just toying to with me yeah. was just toying with me it strips, like, you, it strips you naked mate it, really it, would, it would it was the equivalent of like if I was to fight a child <laughs> right like it was and that child just beating the crap out of you or something no 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 um, what I'm saying is he he was just there. Was, I could not touch him no matter what mm-hmm. I did right yeah um and he like didn't hurt me but he didn't not hit me either if that makes sense yeah he was hitting me at like probably he was looking after you, you yeah, yeah yeah he was hitting me at like 30 percent probably yeah. Or yeah maybe maybe a lot less it maybe that's been, it could have been five hours yeah yeah could have been one percent um, yeah <laughs> he was just slapping me with the back of his glove he wasn't yeah. Hitting me. Um, yeah just 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 like took a glove off and just slapped me around yeah yeah, yeah yeah um no, but I, I felt like embarrassed because I was like, I knew how much he was holding back. Yeah. And it was uh, annoying because I want to be good at stuff. Like I'm competitive. Yeah. Right. 
And I felt so embarrassed because I was like, I did three rounds, three three-minute rounds with him. Mm-hmm. And he was doing stuff like winding his hand up like in a cartoon Take and then hitting me with it. Man. And I was like, nothing I could do about it because yeah. I was like, it, it, pff, I don't know what I'm doing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was good motivation. It was good motivation. Like today, I sparred with a guy who's... Um, I would say better than my opponent that I'll be facing in August, yeah. but also better than me right now, mm-hmm. right? And um, just not a lot of things I could have done technically to get in on the guy. I did I did some things really well, landed a few good shots, mm-hmm. right? And then, you know, I'm sitting here now with a sore mouth and it, my jaw is aching because he landed a good shot and it, yeah. you know, it knocked, made me dizzy. And um, that's my own fault. The hands were down, right? And I ate one. And... Yeah, it's just, yeah, this, it's fucking wild. Man. That's what's so hard about the sport as well, bro. It's yeah. like for the duration of your fight, the discipline is keeping your hands up. What does your coach always say? Keep your bloody hands up. Yeah. Move your head. Yeah. Move your feet. You know what I'm saying? Punch mm-hmm. first, like things like that. And in boxing, as you start to get tired, your focus starts dropping off. Your discipline with, with all those movements start dropping off too. You know? Same with your form. I find form, it I exactly. find it hard to keep really good form. When, yeah. Like when you're tired, obviously, you know, it it's is, just, yeah. yeah. And the other thing is, um, when, man, when people are hurling fists at your face, it's very hard to think hands up. Like you you instinctively want to pull your head away. Or pull and like, up even worse. Yeah. Like pull their head up where you're safe yeah. pulling your head in with your chin down. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And letting those punches sort of like glide by mm. the side of your face or roll off your shoulder. But that's not... Like that's not how human beings are wired. We're wired not to move anymore. away from danger. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's so all, you know, we're we're all about being on the internet and employing people on, <laughs> yeah. you know, on 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 those sort of yeah. forums and being keyboard warriors. Where back in the day, if you've done something wrong, you get smacked in the mouth. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's the strongest boxing defense these days is putting up an Instagram story afterwards. That's it. And just trashing the person. That's it. And and that's why I love boxing as well. It's like okay, well. If you've genuinely got a if you've genuinely got a beef and you can't squash it, I'm telling you, you you you'll squash it in the ring and you'll be mates after, I guarantee you. Mm. That's the beauty about the sport. I don't um talking like just t- touching on my fight, I don't have anything against Daniel. Yeah. Um you know I find him entertaining and I mm. quite like the guy, despite the fact that he looks like a textbook child predator. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I just don't have, I don't have anything against him. It's just yeah. business for me. It's yeah. just, you know, donating the sponsorship money to charity. I'm getting in there for it's a good, good, for a good cause, you know, yeah. and to, to challenge myself. Um, I'm still going to like, I want to win. Yeah. I'm, go, I'm training to win. I'm not getting up at 5am for nothing. No, no, I mean, I'm not learning to, I'm not sparring and learning to box for nothing. Like I want to go in there and win. But yeah. the, um, yeah, the thing is, there's not really any beef between us. For me, it's a, for me, it's a sport. For me, it's like the better boxer is going to win on the night. Yeah. And that's the way I see it. And it's a shame to see a guy that I did once respect doing what he's doing. Like, I don't I don't know why he's trying to drag my ex from the show that I was on into the fight and all this trash talk. It's like for once in his life, he could have actually been the bigger person. Mm. Well, look, when you... <laughs> When you're in Daniel's position, I guess um, he's had that character of being a bad guy, you know, and like he's been running with it, you know, and, and a lot of people find it definitely very entertaining. 
Mm. Um, and look, at the end of the day, he's, he's going down that path of mental warfare. You know, guys like Tyson Fury, they use the mental warfare side of things quite a lot. He, it's he, good. He it's good if the other person kind of cares. I genuinely don't give a shit. Well, that's that's great for you. Yeah. That's great for you. It's probably not working on your end, but he's, he's that sort of guy who'll try and get to you before you get to the fight night. But for, like when I see that, to me, it highlights for me just how worried he is that he's resorting to that sort of stuff. Yeah. I feel like because I'm not worried about the fight and I don't think he poses a threat to me, I don't feel the need to like get in his head. I actually want him to bring the best version of himself on the night. Yeah. And I feel like he hasn't stopped to ask himself the question, if he keeps carrying on like this and then loses, how that will make him look. Mm. Well, that, that's the risk you run when you're talking trash throughout the camp. You know what I mean? Like if you if you talk all this big game and then you get to the final and then you get knocked out, well, you know, you've got to kind of eat your words and suck it up after and you've got to pay for the, you know, the backlash of people saying certain things about you, you know? Um, but It's going to be hard for him to eat anything after the fight. <laughs> His jaw's going to be broken, you reckon? I'm going to knock that moustache off or at least try to. <laughs> I don't know if he's still got that moustache on. Um, well, he might shave it before the fight night. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Slap um, it off his face. Yeah, then he'll just look like a Christian youth worker. <laughs> I think that's what he's going to go for. Yeah. But who knows? Yeah. Daniel Daniel changes. No, I look, I like Daniel. Um, and jokes aside, yeah, I, no beef with the guy. I just, um, just... Yeah, for me it's for me it's business. For me it's sport. Yeah. Um, so moving away from modeling and boxing, um, we both share a reality TV background. We do, unfortunately. So for me, it was Married at First Sight. For you, it was Heartbreak Island. Yeah. And how many hearts did you break on the island? Um, oh, one in particular because I came on as. What was his name? Um, his name was Harrison. <laughs> I wasn't there. No, it was Sorry, Louis. I was, I was married at the time. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, just one heart. Um, but a couple of girls would, you know, they were trying were to keen. get... They were keen. Yeah. They were keen, yeah. Um, but again... Mate, model from LA. Come on, I'm looking... I'm looking to look after himself. You know, like certain quality, you know. Are you single now? Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's in trouble I'm, when he gets home if she hears this <laughs> she's like you I, fucking hesitate I'm not I'm seeing I'm seeing someone at the moment I'm seeing someone cute at the moment. Nice, yeah. nice and, and I'm no well I'm actually really enjoying it so good yeah it's um good it's, it's a new me it's um, a new you you gotta restrain yourself from certain temptations and that sort of stuff yes is, you know what I'm getting used to um but you know you don't go on a you don't go on a, a love TV show to find the one. I don't think that's what I'm no no fuck no. You know, and what what was what was doing my head in when I was on my no. show were these you know these these oh, I'll call them kids because <laughs> they're not very wise. Um, they're like oh you're just here for the clout and I go no shit like what are you here for? Do you know what yeah. I'm saying like what did you go on a TV show to freaking find someone? Do you know what I'm saying? It makes no sense. Like, well, look, um, it's probably different because the premise of my show was to be 
Maybe give marriage also a try. Right? Yeah. I feel like Love Island, Heartbreak Island, Fuckboy Island, all these shows that now for some reason happen on an island. They're the younger Hawaii. generation who want to, you know. Get yeah, some it's play more out. Instagrammy. It's more mm. kind of like passive and entertainment and performative. Whereas, it's less serious. Yeah, Married at First Sight, even though it does get that influencery kind of vibe because it's so high status now, the show. Yeah. The producers are very clear that if you are only there to promote yourself, they will not use you. Like they only want people that are genuinely wanting to give at least the experiment or the notion of marriage a go. A go. Yeah. 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 Whereas your show sounds a bit more free range. Yeah. Oh, you could you could go any angle you wanted to on that show. So walk me through what was the premise of the show Heartbreak Island? So it's like a mixture of um, Survivor meets Love Island, basically. So you eat people until you are left with the one at the end and then you hook up with them? That's exactly it. Okay. I mean, you're going to create that one. <laughs> We're going to hunt them until there's no one We're left. We're going to hunt them down, <laughs> put them on an island, let them eat Form a pack. Yeah, yeah. Hunt the weaker pack, ones. You know? Hunt the weaker ones into extinction and then yeah. just take all the women for ourselves. 100%. Yeah. Um. No, but it was like... A, oh, I'm dead serious about getting this oh, show on the... Oh, I'm it, pitching it to the network tomorrow. I wouldn't I, would, I wouldn't go that far. Yeah. Um, Gina, if you're listening, that's just a joke. No? It's just a joke, Gina. Gina, it's yeah. a joke. And um, so Anthony's, you know, um, casual, it's just a joke. He doesn't I'm not funding it. So who's <laughs> never, you can ask Lewis over here if he wants to fund it, but I'm not funding it. Yeah, Louis looks like he's good for the money. He, he, he could be. He's got, a pearl, yeah. he's got a pearl necklace on at the moment. Yeah. That's got to be worth something. Yeah, you could probably... a really expensive camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Nice smile. Nice smile. From Mount Joy. So walk me through the premise of the show. Yeah, so it was like, um, it was challenge-based and you obviously have a partner. Yeah. Um, And that partner you have to complete challenges with so you don't get um, in the bottom to get voted to go home, basically. So you have to... Sorry, so you have to keep getting voted in? Or do you just don't you, want to get voted no, out? No, you can't come last in the challenges. Ah, so the challenges are kind of Survivor-esque. Yes, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So walk me through what like a challenge would be. Um, well, there was one that you're, you're blindfolded and you had to get through like this maze type thing, collect keys, and someone was like tied up in a bed. And it, sometimes they put like little sexual Erotic. things in there, yeah, 100%. Erotic. And like I was, it's not the first time I was tied up to a bed, but it was, you know, it was definitely <laughs> different experience getting, you know, filmed at the same time. It's, it's see that it's so great though because it's so embarrassing yeah that it and, makes for great television and people aren't used to seeing me in that light so that's why yeah. I thought like I'm going to go on well like certain this. people are used to seeing yeah. you in know, the light but not <laughs> the country right <laughs> that's correct <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah I just thought like you know give give something like that a crack so I wanted to do Love Island when I was like in my mid 20s um, but my manager stopped that again he said look if you do that then a lot of the high end brands that we're looking at for you when you go to Europe and you know, American all that sort That's of stuff. That's such shit. These managers are fucked. Well, like, if anything, yeah. exposure makes you more marketable to these brands. Look, that's that's what I believe at that point anyway. Yeah. But what do I know? I'm new to the social media. You listen to these to fucking managers. I don't know. I don't know yeah. much about that world. So it's not like, mm. oh, well, you're wrong about that. Now that I've been in, in, in the industry for eight years, mm. I know what would work. Do you know yes. what I'm saying? Yes, yes. Um, and the thing is, the brands that are um, marketing to Love Island people pay better. Well, yeah. You, not, not only that, you can get some connections, you can get some networks. Yes. People are yeah. now hitting you up rather than 
you know, you, you have, trying to go for gigs. Correct. You know, like yeah. see these managers don't fucking care, bro. And they don't have good advice. The majority of them are just out to, in my experience, ride your coattails and collect their 20% along the way. Well, that's, that's why you need strong recommendations from people to get with the right ones. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And I was lucky enough to have a couple of fantastic managers like that. Um, in terms of, you know, not going on a reality TV show, it's like probably better because maybe I would have done something stupid at that age because I wasn't, you know, mature enough to think about what I was saying or, you know what I'm saying? So it was kind of, it probably worked out better. But see, I think you, everything happens for a reason. The exactly. path you took led you to, led you to modeling regardless yep. of the fact that you didn't do that show. And now you've done this show. And yep. so did you meet, and did you meet anyone that you continued to see? Because I'm actually going to go back and watch your season now because okay. I think it sounds great. I didn't actually know it was a show until yeah, yeah. you and I connected and then, mate, I just have not had time to sit down and watch it. Yeah. But I'm going to go back and watch it now um, just to see you tied to a bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, watch from episode 10. So Yeah. I may break my sexual celibacy watching the scene. See, now um, you don't have to do that weird thing where you're just watching porn instead of <laughs> a movie or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the show itself, did you last all the way through the show? Yeah. So I came runner up on it. Wow. I had okay. no expectations when I got on other than, yep. you know, have a bit of a holiday after COVID. Um, and this is, you know, COVID obviously affected the show a lot. It affected our locations. It affected... Yep who we could meet up with. We'll get COVID tested every freaking day. The first two weeks that I was actually on the island, I was in a in a hut for two weeks, couldn't get out of it. It was... COVID was fucked. It was just fucked everything. Honestly, yeah. just, even even with, you know, businesses like in Melbourne, I think it was the most locked down state in Australia. Melbourne broke the world record for the longest lockdown. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Like I was having friends around the world tell me like how sorry they are for me and, you know, it's such a, such a shame what's happening over there. I'm like... Fuck, like this is going around the world, like how bad it is. My brother got stopped by police going to get groceries. Yeah. During COVID. My dad my dad copped a five thousand dollar fine. And he's he's an old man, you know, you give him a five thousand dollar fine, he's he's gonna semi have a heart attack, the poor bloke. Just for just for going to his bloody holiday house down the coast or something. How dare he go to his holiday house during COVID? Yeah, how dare you? You know, like Don't people realise that he put other Holiday homeowners at risk. Can you believe that? Fucked. You know, I'm surprised they didn't give him a ten thousand dollar fine. <laughs> but if you, can, if you can afford the holiday house, you can afford the five thousand dollar fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's at least the thinking of the federal government. Oh, anyway, who knows? That's, that's a mate. That's a fuck. I heard. Um, I heard stories of people getting arrested for going out for walks, oh, not in their local area. Yeah. When, um, when COVID was on, I, w- I went to work out down at the Bondi bars and there was yep. like SWAT cops, like cops in like mm. the full black outfit, tactical vests, walking Bondi promenade, set- checking people's IDs to make sure they were within 10 kilometers of their house. Crazy. And I'd walked the dog from Maruba to Bondi and I was going to walk back. And I was like, this is fucked. Yeah. I, I hope this doesn't continue. Mm. Like, where are we living? North fucking Korea? A year later... It's still in it, you know? And even for us, mate, like, we're a physical gym. You know, we don't have online classes and that sort of stuff. So for everyone who is a, you know, uh, ongoing gym member, it's like, what do they do? 
And you just spray them with methylated spirits and bleach as they walk through the door. Yeah. Even, even that, we'll have, we have marshals come to our gym every now and no. then, making sure that everything was COVID safe and friendly and stuff like that. We were getting um, steam cleaners every day. We were doing as much as we could just to meet protocol or whatever, you know, whatever they had going on. And on top of that, to go back to our businesses, we had to get vac- vaccinated, which, you know, that in itself, it's like, why, why am I getting forced to do this? sort of stuff, you know, where being in the gym was the healthiest thing you can do at that point, mentally and physically. Correct. It helps your immune system. Punishing gym goers when yeah. they should have been doing all they could to protect the vulnerable and the elderly. Yeah. But what do they leave open? The alcohol, um, the bottle O's, the, um, you know, anything like that they kept open. It's hilarious now that there were so many people advocating for natural immunity by catching the virus, developing a natural immunity, and then, and then, then protecting immunity. other people. Yeah. And even like the pharmaceutical companies now are admitting that the vaccine is not as effective as natural immunity. Exactly. Like, I just, mate, this, the science went out the window. Oh, dude. And it just, it sickens me to even talk about it. It's like I told myself, as soon as we got out of it, I'm never mentioning COVID again, just because, you know, we, we almost lost our business. It's like, you can't leave a business closed for two, three years if it's, unless it's an online business. Do you know what I'm saying? And we're, we're lucky enough that we've um, we've also got like a collectible company called Welcome Stranger Collectibles. And that was our only online business. It was the only way we could make money, you know. But a gym, you need someone to be physically there, you know. Mine was selling feet pics. Nice. Yeah. I've heard they going off. And if no, you I've worked. If you I've worked them, all. They go for more. <laughs> yeah. Um, now they're all sweaty and gross being in a boxing ring. They're probably worth more now. You should probably start selling them now. Yeah. Um, I get messages asking for my underwear and socks. Hope people want to buy them after I've worn them. Is that weird? I was, yeah, I, I wouldn't buy it. Me personally, Louis, would you buy it? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but Louis's given us a maybe. Um, <laughs> Louis really needs a lot of help after today. After yeah, today's podcast, um, yeah. <laughs> He's, he's out of here he's out of here buying men's like used have, underwear and socks yeah he's gonna have PTSD for this <laughs> just, just mind don't flatter me Lou. <laughs> I'm dragging just all mind. the way to, from Melbourne to, to Sydney for mate this. look I'm not gonna kink shame anyone but getting those messages is fucking off putting like it's weird yeah it's yeah. weird but well, it's like, just, what are they gonna do with it it's just it's just where the world's gone bro it's just True. you know it's <laughs> <laughs> Louis said I'll show you <laughs> fucking hell oh god he's derailing the Look podcast from the other, yeah Louis derailing the podcast oh, from the other side god. of the couch but even even, <laughs> even the fact that people can like oh shit I need money let me just start an OnlyFans account and it's how oh, many man. ask yourself this Harrison when you got off the show how many people are saying oh, I'm not gonna have OnlyFans then when they get off a couple months goes by what do they got they got OnlyFans yeah it's a weird one for me Um, I wanted to do OnlyFans I wanted to and you probably would have been great on it I wanted to make the money yeah I wanted to make the money Um, I've met someone that would not tolerate that sort of behaviour yeah it's just and also friends and family have opened my eyes to what kind of message that would send to my little boy you know what I mean yeah so, look, a lot of reasons for me not to do that. Um, and I'm really grateful that I've got good people in my life that steer me in the right directions because it's very easy to get lost in the idea of making quick cash. Yeah, 100%. Saying that, I think um, selling box shots to randoms over the internet is never going to be dignified. And I don't care 
about this lefty idea of like pushing, you know, body positivity and sex work is like a good thing. And I don't fucking buy that. Like, I think, I think if, you know, if you're selling naked photos to strangers on the internet in exchange for money, I, I don't think it's a good thing. I don't like, and what, what guy would want, what, what kind of self-respecting, hardworking guy would want to be with a woman that does that? Mm. Like, I don't think these women realize that they devalue themselves in the dating marketplace by doing that. They, they increase their financial status, but they decrease their marketplace value in terms of finding a long-term sexual partner. Like if, if, if I was going on a date with a girl and she dropped that one on me, I'd, that'd be a massive red flag, obviously. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Because you don't know where that content's gone, you know? So... You know, especially if you're selling, you know, you know, photos of you naked and that sort of stuff to complete randoms. It's like those photos are going to be online forever. You know, well, like, would you feel comfortable dating a woman where potentially thousands of people, your mates and all that sort of stuff, have seen her very naked, like her naked body? No, no. Would I would I sleep with her? Probably. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably sleep with her. But yeah, but that's a guy thing, right? Yeah, it's, like, not, it's not going to go any further than that. Nah, you know. Nah, 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 nah. And I'm glad that I'm I'm glad that I'm dating better in life. That wouldn't a girl that wouldn't want that for herself and wouldn't tolerate me being on that platform. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I agree with you. I think um, I think it'd be really hard to like to respect someone that does that well look people people have done all sorts of shit is it different is it different if you do it as a couple like say say you are having sex with your partner and you're filming your own sex videos and then like i I know a few couples that are yeah is that different does that because because i was having this conversation the other night i think it's different i think if you do it as a couple i feel like it's kind of different than if just one person does it the only fans thing. I don't know. It's still it's 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 still going to be online, isn't it? You know, but yeah. But I mean, it's it's, you not, it's not just together. one person. Yeah, it's like I think it's a different dynamic. Yeah, it would be. I guess you mm. both accepted it, so you both know that about each other and accept it. You know. Yeah, but I feel like I feel like it's even then. I feel like if say if you get like you were saying before it's a massive red flag if you got with a girl and she dropped on you that she's an only fans creator and that's yeah. like that's like one of only your income streams or whatever only to be a partner of mine not to sleep with remember that yeah yeah yeah, yeah sure yeah sure so everyone out there listening to that <laughs> yeah only fans girls don't be dismayed um, don't be dismayed you can yeah, still fight with Anthony, you know you could still have a shot with Anthony um, <laughs> Just not a long term shot but he will sleep with you <laughs> <laughs> oh, no one's putting a ring on it <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't know I just kind of feel like it's different if you do it as a couple as opposed to just an individual I think that's way more okay yeah Yeah. right yeah then just one still not going to do it but I just feel like it's different I think it's different but you're still not going to do it mm. so what are we even thinking about it what are you thinking about it <laughs> Who knows? I mean, Louis here with a camera. <laughs> you and I can make a lot of money right now. <laughs> Don't tempt me, Harris. 
I've got something you can bite down on. <laughs> <laughs> and you got those sweaty socks on from training. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Actually, I'm not just... taking the sweaty socks off. It'll oh, excite Louie too yeah. much and he'll go yeah. into a he'll go into a sexual Louis. rage. He was just gonna <laughs> offer you five hundred for it. He'll just be like this unstoppable sexual bear. It'll just be... <laughs> <laughs> Don't tempt him, bro. Um but pretty, like the only thing I don't feel like we covered enough was reality television. Yeah. So we're just going to skip back there yeah. real quick. You and Blake talking about OnlyFans and stuff and trying to get me <laughs> on and doing it's, scenes with That's me. the thing about podcasts, these long form discussions, bro. They go anywhere. It's a beautiful concept. I love I love what you're doing here. I love it. You yeah. Know? And I think I think we should get a lot more people on here with you because you're doing a fantastic, fantastic job. Thank you, know? you. I'm very susceptible to flattery. Um, I'm actually erect right now. So let's skip back to reality television. Yeah. The premise of the show, Heartbreak Island, the challenges, and then what happens after you complete the challenges? Do you then like, do you just pick a partner? Does it revolve? Does the partners so change? Like, is it, is it a bit like Love Island kind of? Yeah, a little bit, a little yeah. bit like Love Island. Um, but uh, how do I say? Like you do a challenge then you'll go back to the villa or wherever you're staying, the island, whatever. Um, and yeah. then you're sitting around for hours just contemplating how you went because you don't see anyone else's heat. You know, maybe once that I go up against another couple and I could see how they went. Oh. But I wouldn't know any other how any other couple went. Okay. And producers are very good at keeping you out of the loop, hey? Yeah, oh, they, they hide you away. They make everything yeah. black so you can't peep. They'll keep a security guard at the front door. Will you sit in a tent? Like, yeah, we'd be like, in a, yeah, we'd be in like when we we're doing challenges, we'd be in like a little hut type thing, and there'd be like a security guard at the front door, and everything else would be like black. So you out. couldn't talk to anyone. And you weren't allowed to talk to anyone. No. Could you have your phone during production? Definitely not. Okay, so you were sitting in a tent for how long during the challenges? It could be half an hour to forty-five minutes, something like that. That's not too Depending, bad. Depending, you might have been first that day, or you might have had to wait till the, the last. That's one. not too bad. Um, only likening it to my experience, maths. We sat in those tents for sometimes up to six to eight hours. Shit, that's long. yeah, man. No phones, just with your partner, mm. and that would be before, usually before a dinner party, not so long before a commitment ceremony. Commitment ceremonies, you kind of can all talk to each other. See, just, the dinner parties are all segregated because they want that. They want to annoy you as much as possible. Before so by the you time go you get on set, yes. you're just annoyed to shit out. Yes, yeah. 100%. Your fuse is so much shorter. For sure, and like even when I got on there, they make a big issue out of someone having a watch and my mate Luke had to take his watch off and he's like well I kind of know the time they don't want you to know the time you know they don't want to tell you when they're waking you up you know they don't want to tell you any of that sort of stuff so they want to keep you in the dark as much as possible yeah production used to play like mind games with us like um then they'd Sometimes they take you into a, like what's called a voxy, but that's basically like an interview, right? They take you into interview before the dinner parties, right? And the producers would be like, "So, um, just to give you an example, so, um, you know, like couple swap with Melinda, that mm. was quite spicy, and you learnt a lot about Melinda. Mm. Um, you know, are you going to bring anything up at tonight's dinner party? Yeah, and I'd be, yeah, and I'd be yeah. like, why do I want to piss off Melinda? We're finally getting along. No matter what, like." That's why, off the, you know that's what I mean? why people ask is this is this stuff scripted and i'm like no it's not scripted but you'll get <clears throat> molded into what they want you to do yes you know where when and i got on there the producer told me like so how do you how are you finding the house at the moment i'm like it's pretty fucking boring to be honest like yeah. no one's causing any drama i'm here to you know spice it up i'm like what did they to tell do? you you were there to spice it up or just that's what you wanted to do i was to an do? intruder so like i needed to come out with a bit of a bang but yeah I, they, I, they probably 
like didn't say that to you, but they probably hinted it, right? At some yeah, stage. yeah, yeah. Well, a couple of days went by, and I'm just trying to get my feet underground with everyone. I'm trying to not cause too much drama, but pick up little personal habits and who's who's acting like the alpha in the room, or you know, suss out the girls a little bit and that sort of stuff. And then when I got like my feet yeah, in the ground, sussing out just, the girls a little bit, yeah, sussing them out. Yeah. Um, and I just got put with the, you know, a beautiful. She's a beautiful girl now. We're we're, we're friends. Um. You got put but, with her or you chose each other? Um, I got put with her because I, I was an intruder, so I came on set like at episode 10. Okay. And she was already on the island. Yeah. And she just yeah. left her partner, so I got partnered up with her. Yeah. Basically. Okay. Um, and God bless her soul, but she wasn't my type at all. And I remember... I know asking, the feeling. They, they, they said like, what are you into? I'm like, oh, you know, girl is into her fitness and she's a little bit slim thick, you know, you got blue eyes. <laughs> slim thick. I've never heard that before. Slim thick? Louie, have you heard Slim Thick? No. What's Slim Thick? Like Kim Kardashian shape type thing. You know what I mean? I like, think she's just thick, thick. Oh. This, yeah. Oh, you like 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 a tight skinny waist and then like and then a, just like, a peach at the back. Yeah, peach. Who doesn't love a good peach, that, right? That's what Slim Thick is. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm like athletic. Like I like athletic builds. Yeah, me too. Me too. Like, yeah. be, as long as, you know, they're fit. This is a safe fit, you know? Man, a good, a good bum is so important. Oh, oh. really important. Really Bro. Important. For it's us, nice anyways. ripe peach. You know, mm. 100%. Are but, you um, a real guy or fakies guy? Oh, this God. is like Holden Ford, isn't it? It's like the most, well, like, if, it's like the origin. It's like the most debated in, thing of all time. If you're living in the Gold Coast. Oh, bro, it's hard to find anything real there. <laughs> we just come back from the Gold Coast, so... Um, no, nah, look, I like as much real as possible. Okay. You know, I think na- I think natural, beautiful features is always, you know, what's going to get me to look at someone. Um, but I, th- I think 95% of the girls that I've been with over the last 10 years have had, you know, fake lips, fake boobs or, you know. See, I like um, girl the- next door with fakies. That's yeah. kind of like what I've always gone for, like. Usually predominantly blondes. Um, okay. Girl next door. See, but you're dark then, featured naturally. So you've got like dark dark hair, but blue eyes. So it's suit you to have someone who's like blonde. Do you know what I mean? I'm very light. So I like someone who's dark featured. Because uh, I'm always thinking about You think bre- like opposites attract. Yeah. And I always think uh, about breeding, you know? So breeding. Um, <laughs> Why do you talk about it like it's cattle? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I want to have good stock when I breed. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like to know that there's a chance that they'll have some good features, mm. you know, mm. or the opposite of what I've got. But with light eyes, that's that's my ideal. Eyes um, are man, eyes are the gateway to the soul. Yeah. So, what's your like? Describe your perfect type, like perfect girl. If you could, if you could just like invent what you know, say that say you're going to type into a computer and she's going to walk out and be your partner. Give me your ideal type. Okay. Um, dark olive skin, mm. um, brown hair, green or blue eyes. I like I like green eyes lately. Why are you describing me? Oh, like come it's... on, don't flatter yourself. <laughs> 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 it's everything you just said. I was ready to go. Or female to start. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Why are you describing me? <laughs> Um, the fine legs, like she looks like she goes to the gym and squats, um, and a good sense in fashion, I guess. Like, 
Sensing for oh yeah, because of your background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, um, you want to have like uh, attributes that are quite leading that you have in common, right? Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Exactly right. You want to have a lot of yeah, those those common things. Common things, yeah. But I think um, I think do you think in a relationship if it's too like the too many things that you have in common, well, it's, it's kind of like it becomes so boring. Yeah, it's like kind of going out with your sister or something, which is really weird to say out loud, but. You know, but it's out there now, um, <laughs> and I'm not editing it out. Uh, one thing I will say is though that I find like in a relationship, if you're polar opposites in a lot of things, that the relationship then becomes a challenge. And when we're challenged, we become better versions of ourselves. Yeah. And I feel like I definitely taking an example of the relationship I'm in now. It's a challenge, but man, does she make me a better person? Like, oh, especially if you know that you, deep down you ask yourself the hard questions. Do you? need to work on those things you, you you know when a person asks themselves those deep questions you usually know the deepest question i've asked myself lately is um is more about how how i love someone so it's like I, i've thought about this quite a bit lately right so when i was with um my ex Life was pretty easy at the time, right? Like we were living on the South Coast. We had money. Like there wasn't really, even though it was COVID, it wasn't like that stressful. Mm. It was just like more lifestyles were more restricted. But because we're on the South Coast, we didn't suffer. Like we could go to the shops. We didn't, yeah. there's not like it wasn't, COVID didn't really shut down the South Coast the way it did Sydney. It yeah. just didn't, yeah. right? Yeah. There's a lot more space down there, beautiful beaches. Like we were living in paradise. Like yeah. we had an easier life. Yeah. Life's more chaotic now. Like, you know, we get invited to events daily. Um, you know, there's paparazzis. There's, you know, all of the drama that's followed my time on television. Um, this boxing fight coming up. Yeah. We have larger bills now. Um, yeah, I just feel like life's quite stressful. And then sometimes being single is so much easier because you can just focus on yourself. You can be totally selfish, right? And the thing is, I wake up every day and I'm so thankful that I've got the partner I have now. Mm. But I also choose her, right? Like I make a conscious decision every day that she's the person I want to be with. Yeah. And it's not because it's easy. It's because she's the person I want in my life. Mm. And I feel like that in a way breeds a much deeper love because you're choosing. Like it. Well, you waited for the right person. Yeah, you know? but like when love comes easy, it's not really like there's nothing in that. Mm. It's anyone can love anyone when the timing's right and the time's easy. Yeah, and it's yeah. just it's flows. When the times are tough. Yes, and you still breed, choose you know? to love that person. Yeah, like you, the day you met them. And and you, you got to put a person through certain tests as well as you guys. Are. Well, life does anyway. Yeah, life exactly. Life happens, you know. And yeah, when you get put through these tests, like. I had a relationship in COVID and as soon as we got out of it, those tests weren't getting met, you know, like I saw a lot of little holes and stuff and I'm like, this, I don't think this is a person I want to be with, you know what I mean? Um, it's amazing how little it takes to turn that off, hey? Oh, you can just, you can just get the, you can, like they say, you can get the ick and yeah. you see and you're like, oh man, like, wow, that's a different side. You know what I'm saying? That's what not- are your icks? What's an ick for you? Oh, an ick. Um, definitely OnlyFans. Saying, <laughs> saying that you've got an OnlyFans, that's me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, I think someone, you know, 
not um, not believing in what you believe in. I think you know if they, if they're not willing to help you along the journey, not you're not willing to help them along the journey, and you guys are constantly you know having a bit of friction in a relationship because you oh, believe yeah. in something, they believe in something. Yeah, that for me is a biggest ick. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, well, I don't want to be with you then. You know what I'm saying? Straight out. Yeah, you, you need know? a teammate, not you opposition. Need to, exactly right. You need to work in together. You need to be, you know, oh, anything you need for what you're doing, I'll help you out with anything I need. I just need that support, you know? Yeah, so and support is like a big thing big for thing. you. And I, yeah. I'd almost say that's even bigger than, you know, her being super, super duper attractive to me now. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, as I feel like your priorities shift when you get older, man. 100%. Like 100%. in your 20s, it's all about looks. And then it's when just, you hit 30, it's like, man, I, I, looks just aren't everything and looks are going to fade, bro. bro like you can get fade. as much Botox as you want. You can get yeah. fake this, fake that. But that person deep down inside is going to... So what are, you looking, what are you looking for now in a partner? Um, and how has it changed since you know the show when you were younger and all that sort of stuff? Okay, again, bro, I'm just going for, for someone who's real and, and honest. Do you know what I'm saying? And that, that's who I kind of feel like I'm with now. And I think, um, you know, like it's been a year, a year and a bit since we you know started seeing each other and that sort of stuff. But it's just been so easy. Do you know what I'm saying? In terms of like, we just got each other, you know, where there wasn't no, there wasn't no friction here and there. And then I was like, oh, like, I've just seen another side to you there where... You told me you weren't really like that, but now I saw it like six months later. Because there's a there's a honeymoon phase. Yeah, you know what I'm saying a little bit where it's so good that first is first three to six months, and then as the years go on, you start seeing different sides of personality traits and that sort of stuff. And um, you just need to know if you really want to commit to that for the rest of your life. And I didn't really know from seeing things like that throughout previous girl with previous girls. Um, you know, like I, I, I need to see something a lot more than again just good looks and that sort of stuff. You know, so I don't know. For me, it's it's, it's being in a relationship has always been secondary to me. Pretty much before thirty, to be honest. Do you know what I mean? Because I've always been career driven. Wanted to be an athlete. Wanted to, you know, wanted to do modelling for a long period of time. And that's always on your own. It's always such a selfish thing. You know, where if I know I'm partly responsible for this other person even having a kid i've got a dog i've got a dog right now she's she's the best but what sort of dog have you got boston terrier it's like a miniature boston terrier you can meet huxley after the podcast. i'd love to meet i'd love to meet him dogs i just man i don't know if i could ever live without a dog now mm, they're just the best they're the best they, they give you unconditional love just like your mum and dad do you know what i'm saying like yeah. is boston terrier a new breed no, they kind of look like um, like a French bulldog, but they're much more petite. They oh, still got a okay. flat nose. Like you should check them out. They're beautiful, beautiful yeah. breed. Louis, can you bring up Boston Terrier for me? Boston Terrier, Boston yeah. Terrier, the photo. They're beautiful. They're from Boston. They were originally um, bred to hunt rats in New York. I feel like you know how Joe Rogan's got that like the guy that does all the like bring that up Jamie. in the background. Jamie. Jamie, yeah, was it Jamie? Yeah, <laughs> I feel like. I need Louie now to just be in the background of every podcast. Yeah. Like just, Louie, ring this up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can sleep on the spare couch. You know, Louie, you can, yeah, you can stay on the interview couch if you want. 
Just, bro, you're living here from now on. You're just going to do the background of the podcast. He'd love it. All the audio, visual, everything. He'd love There's it. There's no camera on my face. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't like the camera in your face? He's he's behind the camera. He's, the camera. He is a superstar yeah. videographer and he does some of the best work that I've ever seen. And that's why like we, can, we can have Can Louie jump in just for one minute? Yeah. Louie, jump on the mic just for one minute. Jump on the mic. Yeah, come jump on. on. Oh. Just for one minute. <laughs> Louie from Nocturnal Media jumping on the mic. What's up, guys? Oh, from Louis. Mount Druitt. <laughs> you're not from Mount Druitt. Stop <laughs> saying. Not. Stop saying you're from Mount Druitt, Louis. Oh, fuck. So, Louis, how do you feel today went footage-wise? Oh, we're pretty good. Yeah. Uh, we had a natural in front of the camera. Yeah. In Harrison Boone. Yeah. Was it different to filming Daniel? Because I know Daniel. Um, Oh, I'm not even going to go there, eh? Just, just, just tell me, what was today like? Was it good? Good footage? No, uh, well, it started good. We didn't have to wake up early this time around, so... Yep. That's always a bonus, isn't it? But the, I feel like the people of Sydney aren't as nice as the people in Brisbane, so... How do you... What do you mean? How do you yeah, find probably that? probably shouldn't have said that on your podcast. How, how do you find that? Yeah, you'll never be invited back. Oh, <laughs> 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 well, yeah, in Brisbane will love now, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. State yeah, of origin, true, like... True. Yeah, oh, I actually yeah. support New South Wales as well, so That's I probably shouldn't have said that. I fucked nah, it. Nah, bro, you fucked it. You fucked it now. <laughs> but the thing is, no one no one on the podcast is going to know what you look like, so you've still got that anonymity. Oh, I'll change up my accent then. Oh, yeah, what's going on? Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm from Melbourne, are you? <laughs> why, why do you think people from Sydney are as nice? That's what I want to know. Because I've been nothing but lovely to you. Oh no no! I meant the um the NPCs walking around, you know the non-playable characters. The average Sydney goer <laughs> is not as nice. This has for some reason just become the most entertaining part of the podcast. <laughs> 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 I was falling asleep on the couch before. Oh thanks! You just threw me in there. But... Yeah, so come on, give us a juice. Why? Why not? I think because the sun's always up at uh in Queensland, so everyone's. A bit nicer. More I've, vitamin D. I think that's it. And probably because they won the Origin a couple of days Have ago. Have you had so. any negative experiences since you've been here? Like from in Sydney? No, nah, not yet. I did have one last yes, night though. in Brisbane. Yeah. You had one in Brisbane? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, okay. So hold on, hold on. It was one. I, I'm a very logical guy. <laughs> yeah. You've had no negative experiences in Sydney, but you've had one in Brisbane, yet Brisbane people are nicer? The majority of them. The math isn't quite mathing, Louis. Yeah, yeah I did, that didn't make sense to me either. Yeah. Oh, so okay. So what happened in Brisbane? What was the negative experience? I went for a, a late night stroll on my own, right? And it's still busy. The streets are still busy. Looking for some food. And uh, the random, streets of Brisbane were busy. The, yeah, the streets of Brisbane so, apparently. Yeah. Okay. So there's like it's twelve. There's like well. twelve people out basically. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's busy <laughs> Brisbane, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And uh, I had a random uh, white fella come up to me and uh, basically harass me and ask me. Oh, he asked me first, um, what are you doing here? And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm here for work. He's like, no. He's like, who asked you to come here to Australia? And I was like, wait, what? what? And I'm confused as fuck. Like, I don't know if this guy's trying to staunch me out or something. He's standing over me. What? Yeah, he was asking for Like aggressively? Me. Yeah, pretty much. And I was like, okay, I'm on the phone to my missus as well. I don't want to act up or anything. So I'm like, oh, okay. Like, and you're a big guy. I can't imagine most people standing he, over he you. Fine, yeah. Well, the thing is, I like to... Um, assess situations before I do anything so I'm looking around I'm like okay there's a guy there he's got his hands in his pockets he's probably got a knife or something so what's 
if I stand up and crack him, what's the worst that could happen? So instead, I walked off. I was like, you know, because the last thing he said to me was like, okay, we've got a problem now. What? He's like, a group of group of Kiwis and Wogs jumped me. And I was like, dude, you don't look like you got jumped, bro. Like, I think he was just, I think it was a bit cooked. <laughs> it was actually cooked. Yeah. Like actually, the, the right, funniest thing, it's Brisbane. The funniest so thing more. he said to me yesterday was, are you part of the federal police? And I was like, what? <laughs> That's what I knew. I was like, oh, fuck, this guy's cooked. Then. <laughs> yes. Um, my gun and my badge are inside me right now. But um, if you give me a minute, I'll pull them out. Uh, wow. What an insane conversation. That was interesting. And, okay, so tell me again, why are Sydney ciders not as nice? I think they're just, uh, you know, like when you walk the streets of Brisbane, someone's always got a smile on their face and they're always like, hey, go on, boys. They acknowledge you, don't yeah, they? Yeah, so it's like, hey, yeah, go on. I have. I will say, when I walk down the streets of Brisbane, Gold Coast, Melbourne, people look you in the eye and they say, good morning, good afternoon. Like yes. that old school value of saying hello to people, passing Regardless by. Regardless of your skin color too. Yeah, passing the by <laughs> in the street is not lost in those it's almost like they haven't quite ever left those small town values. Whereas it's gone in Sydney, man. Like you do not look at other people and say good morning. And I struggle with it when I go to Forbes to see my son once a month. I walk around in Forbes and it's like, I'm people probably think I'm rude because I don't acknowledge them. But it's just I'm not used to it. But then it's weird. Like people, I'll walk past someone and say hello. And it's like, oh, oh, hi. So, you know, sorry, I didn't mean to be rude. Like... Because they're so lovely there, and it's um yeah it's weird it's it's like yeah it's it's it, it's not it's not a rudeness thing it's just that Sydney is like you've got to you've got to remember Sydney's like an international airport and there's always people coming and going on business and all that sort of stuff and it it's a very fast moving city and the faces are always changing and so it just doesn't have the same values as like. When I go to Noosa and see my parents, everyone on the street looks you in the eye and says hello as you walk past. There you go. Just Sydney doesn't have that anymore, but it's not because we're rude. It's just because, you know, we've got places to be and money to make. (laughs) Undies to sell. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, Louis. Thank you for sitting there. Thank you for having me because I almost fell asleep. I'll uh, I'll switch back to Anthony. the, um, the, The underlying... Uh, punchline of that is people of Sydney need to be nicer <laughs> and acknowledge people again. You need to get back to those old school values. Yes, sir. And not ever ask someone why they came to Australia. That's so fucked and I'm so sorry that happened. It's a it's it's definitely a country that's accepting of everyone. Well that it's probably one of the most multicultural places on the planet. Hundred percent for sure. For that to happen He's just some cooked idiot. Like, I, Louis, I'm sorry that happened, bro. He wasn't even... Was he wearing shoes, Louis? Barely. Yeah. Barely. Barely. Yeah, so, like, one shoe thongs. or... What do you call it? Thongs, yeah. Thongs, yeah. yeah. Thongs in winter. Say no more, man. Yeah. Middle of winter wearing Crazy. thongs, yeah. Yeah. It's weird how how warm meth makes you, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? Evidently. Yeah. Evidently. You just don't feel the cold. Shorts, no sh- no shirt, thongs. You know what's funny? Um, I've got a little story, just quickly. Yeah. I read a story of um, this soldier, World War II, um, got separated from his unit. He was a sniper. And he had all of the amphetamines for his, um, I don't know what you call them, platoon, mm. right? I don't know, for some reason, people on the front were on... Were, a, on- in World War Two, yeah, they were in um, 
he was like obviously somewhere quite cold. Yeah. And he had all of these amphetamines for him and his troop. Um, I don't know why they were taking amphetamines, probably to stay up for huge amounts of time. Yeah. Anyway, and this guy, I'll, I'll try and link the story somehow, but this guy took all of the amphetamines, went on like a fucking four or five day bender and took God. out like 30 people on his own. God. Yeah, so just imagine like this cracked up European dude running that, through the that snow. That boy would have made the perfect soldier back then, you know? That's, well, tell me Captain America isn't an advertisement for steroids. <laughs> Look me in the eye and tell me Captain America was not advertising steroids. He's a dude, weedy little dude. They jab a bunch of syringes into him. Next minute, he's like he's superhuman. Yeah. 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 Do I look like I'm on the, on the gear? On the gear? No. Are you on the gear? I'm not. But I just thought I'd ask because I'm struggling to walk through doors these days. I've got to walk in sideways. Yeah, we so had to I, butter up the front door so that you could slip we in. We did, I slid in. Yeah. Um, and then you continued to slide down the hallway like a worm. Yeah. It was weird. I don't know why I'd done that. <laughs> Wasn't even struggling to get into that point. Just I'm not on the gear anymore. I've, I've slimmed right down. Yeah. Feeling feeling good, feeling you're dangerous, looking, feeling athletic. You're looking really athletic at the moment, bro. Well, you naturally have an athletic frame. Yeah, I'm, 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 like an, I'm not the powerlifting type of guy. I'm that agile, quick sort of body build, you know. I can just run real quick. Like a gazelle. Like a gazelle, yeah. I'm more like the lion. I'm like a snow leopard. Right. If I was an animal. What would you be? What would I be? Yeah. Grizzly. I'd be a grizzly Grizzly bro. bear? Yeah. Look how yeah. hairy I am. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm a large guy. I was going to say, I reckon before the fight, we shave your legs. Why? Is that helping the fight? 100%. It makes you more aerodynamic. Yeah. I'd probably lose a kilo just in hair. There you go. No, I'm telling you, you probably would. Okay, all right, so yeah. I'm, I'm down. Yeah. Are you going to physically shave me or do I have to do it before it I come Depends where we're shaving. We're shaving a gooch or we're just shaving the legs? The whole thing. I want to be hairless for the fight. <sighs> Maybe ask your girlfriend for the gooch. I thought you'd do anything to promote this fight. And now it's like I feel like we're our first speed well, That hunt. is almost everything. Just I don't want to go near the gooch area. Why not? It's a gooch. Shave my gooch, bro. Don't be gay. <sighs> I don't want to shave your gooch. <laughs> I don't want to shave your gooch. <laughs> You know what I'm saying it doesn't come it doesn't it doesn't come in the promoter's job description one of my favourite things is like telling someone to do something that's really gay and then saying at the end of it don't be gay <laughs> can you even say that anymore yeah I don't give a fuck it's my podcast oh. the gays don't listen to this oh okay reality television yes, last let's thing get back, let's get back to so it. the challenges that the people you hooked up with blah 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 what I want to know is with production and all the things that you went through in producing the show, do you feel like what you saw on the show was reflective of your experience? Oh, that's Watching good. you back on television, do you feel like it was accurate? I think, well, you know, they're obviously getting 24 hours of footage of you per day. Um, yeah, I can't, I kind of reckon, yeah, they, they got bits and pieces, but it wasn't, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't, my true personality, I guess, you know, there was so many little things that I said that I thought would have made the cut and just didn't, there was a couple of funny moments that showed a bit more um, of my funny side rather than, you know, just trying to be, you know, that guy who just, you know, try to stir up the whole house basically, you know. Did they try and portray you more as a villain? A little bit, yeah. And it was a situation where um, I said something off camera Oh, this was like the first or second day 
and yeah. I got put with a girl that I came runner up with and I said to this guy and you know guys sometimes girls do it as well you know like everyone does it they're like what do you rate that person out of 10 <gasps> girls would never you know what I mean and they, they this was happening off microphone off camera and I said this to this guy he brought it up on the show he brought it up on the show the dog to another guy and then they used it in a game like a truth or dare game and it came up like, who said this about this person? Uh, and then it was me. And it literally got like close to 2 million views on TikTok. Well, that's good. It was like, oh my God, I can't believe he said she wasn't a 10. It's <laughs> like, come on, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, And that, that's that editing process where they can make you look like a complete dick. You know, when it was just a fun off comment off camera that this guy chose to mention when we were getting filmed. Mate, one of the worst moments on my show was when one of the girls was calling herself a 10 and I was just sitting there cringing like oh you can't call yourself a 10 really do you think like a 10 really Mm. and anyone that refers to themselves as a 10 is usually not a 10 well maybe deep down inside we all think we're you know a 10 (laughs) do you think you're a 10 do I think I'm a 10 Mm. I don't think I'm a 10 no I think there's better looking guys out there. I've worked with a lot of very good looking guys in the modeling world. Mm. I definitely was very jealous at some point. I'm like, that guy's genetically just perfect. But he'd probably think the same. Everyone's got their own, um, I guess, self-image things that they think about. You know? You're definitely a good looking guy. Likewise. Um, but there's always, there's always, man, there's always like, fuck. I mean, look at, uh, for, for just an example off the top of my head, look at Duncan, who I was, I was on the show with. Yeah. I mean... The guy looks like God spent a little bit extra time making him that yeah. day. And then yeah. was probably kind of hung over from that and then made me the following day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Same. <laughs> Same. Yeah. But the thing is, I'm not the one going around telling people I'm a fucking 10. No. Right? Like, I feel like that's just the most hubris thing the, you can do. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not an attractive thing to even say out loud. It's not. You're that's saying, the thing that she didn't saying that, If you said you're a 10, you're now immediately a seven or a six. Bro, I don't care if... um. That's a good example. <sighs> Can't think of a girl off the top of my head or a guy, but I just think like if someone, even if they were really good looking, if they referred to themselves as a 10... You're immediately now... Yeah, but now I'm looking for all the imperfections. Mm, yeah. Instantly. You've opened I'm it up. Not, You've opened yeah. it up. You've opened up that conversation in that person's head now. Yes. Yes. You know? And man, I does a ten exist? What what is it? Like, this is a good question. Okay, so I feel like most people out there sit below a five. Like like the average community person, the average person on the street is either a five or less. Once you go into a six you're cute. Like you're a cute person. Mm. Once you go into a seven, you're like quite attractive, more attractive than the average. An eight, that's like people that part-time model, um, people that have had opportunities because of their looks. Like eight's very attractive. Mm. Nine is going into like, Bro, that's like you start to get paid for how good looking you are. Mm. Like that's, you know, you're you're booking gigs. You know, you're you're very you're becoming well known. Like nines are hard to not notice. Mm. And I'd say a ten is like someone who is professionally good looking, like top of the like a list celebrities are tens, right? Like yeah, yeah. supermodels. Cla- uh, Cara Delevingne, I'd say she's a ten. 
that I've seen in real life. She's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, any of the um, any of the Victoria's Secret models, I'd say they're tens. Mm. Uh, that that for me is a ten, mm. right? Um, yeah. Do you know who I thought was a ten when I was a kid? Jen Hawkins. Oh, bro, easy ten. Come on, she was easy ten. And natural beauty. Do you know what I'm saying that's that's what that's a ten. Yeah. Know? Jen Hawkins was fucking hot. Or yeah. Still is still, fucking yeah. hot. Should be really but laughing. Jen Hawkins prime, like, bro. Yeah. Wow. You know, what I thought it was a ten. Um. Crystal Foskett, who was like, uh, she was on Big Brother. Okay. Big fakies. Don't know who that is. Weird for me that she was a brunette as well. Okay. I thought she was a 10. Um, who, was, who was your like childhood growing up crush? Oof. Megan Fox, bro. Oh, dude. Transformers Megan. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> she just came on that scene. Transformers Megan, bro. Yeah, Megan Fox, bro. She was even hot on Two and a Half Men. Yeah. But then she was too young. Once she got onto Transformers, that was like... Transformers. Bro, that was next level, <laughs> right? She went up levels there. But I still think... Okay, controversial opinion. I still would rate Megan Fox on Transformers as a nine. Okay. I still don't give her quite a 10 status. Mm. Maybe there is no... Maybe tens... Maybe there is no tens. Do you know what I'm saying? There's tens. I think there's tens. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of Adriana Lima. She's a ten. But then you you now you're going into Victoria's Secret. That's what I'm saying. Secret models, bro. Most of the like, pretty much any of the Victoria's Secret models. Honestly, they were tens. Working in the modeling industry, people get judged exactly how you're saying. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I I remember walking into a. um, I'm just trying to give a realistic scale to the idea of the notion of a ten. Yeah. Right. Like. Victoria's Secret model is the female 10, I would say. And then what's the male equivalent of that? Like male fitness models, like guys that are on the front cover of like GQ magazine with like Mm. six pack ripped abs and chiseled jawlines like Chris Evans. Mm. um, I would say he's a male 10. Um, Chris Hemsworth, Mm. a male 10. Like that's a male 10. Mm. Shredded bloke, big muscles, um, really good features on his face. That's a 10, yeah. right? Um, I'd give myself a solid, I'd say six. Really? Yeah. So I'm a six. I'll give you an eight. <laughs> I'll give you one if you keep saying stuff like that. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> <Eight> no. <laughs> Stop it. Hey, no. Keep going. Um, the modeling industry is exactly that though, right? It's brutal. What's it like on the inside once you're there? It's brutal. Like it's, it's, it's all physical. Again, you you can have your connections with, you know, having chats with people and that sort of stuff. But they, if, if you don't look what they want in that campaign, like if you, if that's not the look they're going for, you get out of the room type thing. You know, I I remember like I was going to say. You have a very, um, polarizing look though. So for the few people out there that haven't seen you on TV or. Um, you're very heavily inked now. I wasn't as heavily inked when I was working. Okay. Um, facial hair, like the, just the way you present yourself, you have a very, um, I would say intimidating look actually. Mm. Like you're a very good looking and attractive guy, great features, but you, you are intimidating now. Yeah. 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 And I guess that's what they kind of liked about my look as well. You know, like I had a very strong, um, look on camera you know um and when i was working in milan i remember 
this one casting director, it was for a really good brand. Um, I walked in and she's like, you're Croatian, are you? I'm like, how the hell did you know that? Because your cheekbones. Do you know what I'm saying? So there was, there was certain features that they liked about me in the industry. Do you know what I'm saying? And they weren't afraid to say it if... If they didn't, they don't care about your feelings. They don't care about your feelings. And to a a degree where I've heard like some really harsh shit in casting. um, Like what? Well, I think they were talking about one girl. um, And this is... Oh, so this wasn't at you. This is... This is at, yeah, another girl that was casting for the same sort of gig, but for the the females. And um, she walked out of the room and they're like, oh my God, see how fat she's looking? (gasps) Oh. And then she's like, yeah, like she put on like a couple kilos and like now she's looking fat. A couple so, kilos, bro. It's like, what the That's fuck? the difference between being marketable and fat to a to a casting agent. To a casting agent for a high-end brand. It's like, <sighs> fuck. fuck, so much pressure goes on these girls. I even know for a fact, like I've got this <clears throat> running joke. That's where they get like, you know, eating disorders and shit. Yeah, like that. and I've got this- Body dysmorphia. And, yeah. It's like, I know girls for a fact in that industry, they'll eat and then vomit so they don't- <laughs> Get the calories. Doesn't that fuck up your teeth though if you do that? I think so. It's something with the ass, acid. Yeah, so or, the stomach acid's coming up or whatever. But yeah, they, they do shit like that to make weight or to fit into the, to the dress they got to fit into. Where a lot of guys don't really have that problem. Like when you go to like France. No, I've never had a problem fitting into any dresses that I've worn. No, and you look in a, like a black dress. <laughs> thick legs though for a dress. Yeah. But you know, you're thick, what, some guys are into that. You're thick thick. You're, <laughs> you're not slim thick. I'm that's like, such a compliment. I'm slim. You know? uh, I wouldn't say slim. Slim. I would say you, you have a natural athletic build. Yeah. Like I can't, yeah. I find it very hard to put on weight. You're what? Six one? Six two. Six two. And then how much, how much you weigh now? 75 kilos. <clears throat> 76 kilos. See, it's light for six two, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm just under six foot and I'm not, I naturally sit about 90, 95 kilos. Yeah. Yeah. Like a hundred was big for me, but I was, I was bodybuilding. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, I've never really spent time bodybuilding in my whole life. You know, now that if you're taking time off in between fights, you should seriously consider heavy weightlifting. Just, just, just in the interim. Yeah, I could. It's not something <clears> I'm, I'm, I'm really fascinated in at the moment. I think once I start pushing after like the age oh, of thirty-five, mate. you see the bicep veins pumping, and you start to put a bit of size so on you, your traps you know, and chest and shoulders. And in the boxing world, bro, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the, how we look at body, some bodybuilders. You'll the bodybuilding game. I'll tell you how we look at some bodybuilders, Harrison. Harrison Boone. <laughs> Good-looking bodybuilder, ex-bodybuilder. <laughs> it, yeah, it's it's one thing looking like you're strong, but I, I don't care how big you are, I don't care how big your muscles are, I feel like I can knock you out. Do you know what I'm saying? Not, well, not you, saying you. You, you, use you the, look um, very good today. You look very good today. <laughs> you use the... You use the term, and I, it's actually stuck with me <laughs> since you said it. Yeah. And it was it was perfect the way you phrased it. Yeah. You called it beach muscle. Beach muscle, correct. And that's why it's called beach. Well, that's why you called it beach muscle, yeah. right? Is because it looks good. Now, is it going to help you in a fight? No. Um, there's a lot of muscular guys that fight mm. and do really well, but um, they've developed a lot of muscle over time. Mm. Fight training, correct. Guys that bodybuild, you know, very seldom will that transfer over to be a good fighter because you're too slow. Mm. Mate, me, me at 100 kilos, even though I was still like lean, you could see my abs and, you know, I, I had a good shape. Um, yeah. And I was just big, like my arms were twice the size they are now. I was just solid. Um, mate, the first time I sparred, like, 
as my jab was leaving my chin, I was eating two jabs. Exactly. It just makes you slow. So and, slow. And have you seen Anthony Joshua fight before? No. Okay. Well, he's, he's a guy who started doing extreme amount of weights and it slowed him down and made him very stiff. And that's what we tell a lot of our boxers. Like you do your S&C before you start. Strength camp, and conditioning. Or you do it, you know. Strength and conditioning. Strength and conditioning, yeah. yeah. Not static weight, not just doing dumbbell curls. No, it'd, like it'd be fight-related strength yeah, and conditioning. Yeah, correct, correct. Like plyometrics, inclusive with that sort of training. Because um, you don't want to be slow. It just makes you really slow, you know. I did a bit of work with Trent Langlands over at Ecolab and um, uh, for strength and conditioning and, and still ongoing. Um, and, mate, the the strength and conditioning part of it is the hardest part for oh, the boxing. Yeah. yeah. Slam balls, sprints. It's, it has to be explosive. Assault bike. It has to be explosive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're training your body to react with maximum power as fast as and possible. And be able to recover straight away. Exactly, exactly. Getting that heart rate back down, the breathing steady, and then going again, bang, yeah. bang, 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 yeah. like rounds of that. We're, it's we're, it's taxing. When you're in the gym, just you're just lifting weights, you can finish that set off and then get on your phone for five, 10 minutes. And that's that's what you see a lot of people do. It doesn't really, it's not, it's not something that I'm really interested it's in. It's a different, it's... Um, Okay, so lifting weights, yes, it's not as intensive cardiovascularly. But mate, like if you're if you're on incline bench press and you're say you're doing anywhere between forty and fifty kilos and you do that for fifteen reps and those last two or three reps, as you're coming up with those dumbbells and you're squeezing, you're like mind muscle connection is active and you're squeezing those pectorals and just really like nudging those dumbbells together at the top of the movement and then coming back down and you start to feel the fibers of your chest just ripping Rip, yeah yeah that is pushing through the pain of that is oh, hard sure it's not and then like the next three days bro you, you can't even lift food to your face mm. without feeling the muscle in just atrophy and trying to repair itself yeah and then knowing that you're going to hit it again next week like you start to look forward to it and it's a different kind of training. And then really where the, where the, um, the addictive part of that comes in is when you start seeing then the size of the muscle developing and you start mm -hmm. going like, fuck, my shoulders look big. Bigger. Look at my yeah. traps. Fuck, look how big my arms well, are. Yeah, don't get me like, wrong. I definitely, I definitely it's addic see. That's addictive. Yeah, that's what's addictive for sure. Yeah. Um, I think, I don't know if it was you who said it. It's like, what was it? Oh. I think I had a chat with Jack Loney yesterday and I watched him um, do some pads. He goes, the thing with bodybuilding, it's like you never feel like you're big enough. Is that true? Um, like you always feel like you can get bigger and bigger. And that's when people start getting on the steroids and, you know. Yeah, I feel like I feel like the body then becomes... Imagine, imagine you're there with a hammer and chisel and you're just slowly chiseling out the body that you want. That's what going to the gym is to lift weights. You're chiseling at your body. Hmm. And no artist is ever feels like their work is complete, yeah. right? And I've heard so many bodybuilders, a famous example, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm. And they've said like, if you could have got clay and molded your body, what would you have wanted it to look like? Because, and he's like, you know, even he who, he was like Mr. Olympia so many times over, like eight times or something. Mm. Even he was like, I wanted my traps to be lower and I wanted to add an extra inch to my chest and this and that and that and that. And, or carbs to be another couple of inches bigger and like, this guy who had spent dedicated his entire life at that point to bodybuilding 
didn't feel like his physique was complete, even though he was winning Mr. Olympia, which mm. is like the top of the top of the top for bodybuilding, mm. right? And Jack's got a good point. It's like it it does become this endless pursuit of like your own body and how you're making it look. Mm. But then also along the journey, as you're training, you might have too many calories for a week. So then you start putting on a little bit of chub around your belly button. Mm. So then you start cutting back and then you notice that you feel flat in the muscles. And it's like, man, it's this constant battle with mm. science and biology to get the body that you want. Mm. I haven't really suffered that in boxing. In boxing, it's I've got to get my te- technique as good as it could possibly be. Mm. And I've got to get my fitness as good as it could possibly be. Yeah, You don't really... The two different things about stepping into a boxing gym and a, a weights gym... In the weights gym, it's about size, depth of the muscle, like how, how cut the muscle is, mm. and also like just overall how proportionate you are. Yeah. You know, that V taper. Do you have big arms and a big chest and big shoulders and yeah, traps? Big body, and, upper do you have, body and yeah, do you have a legs. large upper body and still proportionate legs? Uh, how what's your body fat percentage? Like there's a lot that goes into judging someone in a weights gym as to how competent they are at that task. Mm. None of that in a boxing gym, bro. No. You go to a boxing gym, it's how good you can fight. Mm. No one gives a fuck about anything else. Well, what's this funny thing with Devin Haney having... Um, I mean, if you can do it and look good, that's a bonus, right? Oh, 100%. 100%. That's like Anthony Joshua. You know what I'm saying? He looks unbelievable, looks like a bodybuilder, but fights like a boxer. You know? With Tyson Fury, he looks like he, he eats KFC every day, but still fights like fuck. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, and yeah, I was just watching this thing with Devin Haney, who, mind you, came to our gym last year when he was preparing for cambosis um and this bodybuilder guy was saying i could knock you out in a street fight and haney goes like there's no chance you can knock me out in a street fight and i guarantee i guarantee you if it comes to one bloke lifting weights and one bloke knocking him out it's like definitely haney would knock him out and definitely the other guy lifting the body you know the body weight um would lift more you know what i'm saying like doesn't matter how big that guy is if he hits on on the button, they're going to get knocked out regardless. Do you know what I'm saying? Look, not everyone has a um, a glass jaw or a spot on them that if you touch magically, they will get knocked out. But one thing I will say is being able to bench 110 kilos means absolutely nothing in a boxing gym because nothing. if you can't get that muscle that produces that amount of horsepower, if you can't get it from your chest to the other person's face, it's useless weight on your body. Correct. Whereas you can get a guy who's like 70 kilos, right? And if he's got a good reach and he's been boxing a while and he can hit you just, it's all technique, whip his his hips around and put as much force, G-force into that, even just a hook, right? Man, good night. And I've sparred with guys, so I'm 95 kilos at the moment. I've sparred with guys that are like 70, 80 kilos mm. and fuck me, they can hit. Oh yeah, 100%. Right? 100%. And it, it doesn't mean shit how big you are shit. in the boxing, in, no. the, in the ring. It helps if you have reach on someone. 100%. Helps Definitely. if you have reach and a little bit of size because then your, your punch is going to have a bit more weight. Yeah. But mate, like even then, like you, uh, at 95 kilos, if I fought a guy who was really good at 70 kilos... As that jab, as I throw that jab, it's going to hang out there for a certain amount of time before I can bring it back to my face, right? Yeah, yeah. Someone that's good at 70 kilos 
really could get a good uppercut or a hook in in that amount of time. Oh, bro, like, look, for instance, um, you got Taylor Harris at our gym or Michael's Rafa, they're 70 kilo-ish. Mm. They could knock anyone out. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, Taylor spars blokes all the time, Hernan. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Michael's Rafa, if you landed one in the chin, he could knock out a bloke who's 140 kilos because he knows how to land on the head. That beach muscle doesn't mean shit in a fight. Doesn't mean shit, bro. I've seen it happen in front of my eyes before. Do you know what I'm saying? Where the smaller man has just gone and knocked out the other guy because he doesn't know how to throw a punch. What advice would you give to someone that um, wants to get into the art of boxing, wants to learn to defend themselves? Because I've done martial arts before. I've done Krav Maga and things like that. And man, nothing compares to boxing in terms of being able to handle yourself in yeah. a real life, say, bar fight situation. Yeah. I feel like if you're a good boxer, then it's very hard for someone who does any other form of martial art mm. really to, to, to get you in, 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 a, in a real world self-defense situation. Yeah. It's something that I'm planning on in the next couple of years to get like a program in schools, you know, like I really want teaching kids to yeah, punch I'd each other. Re- no, I want <laughs> <it> to <laughs> or shit if they're in some sort of physical harm for sure. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like I've been in situations like that when I was a kid and thank God I knew how to defend myself. I was even modeling in Milan when I had two um two guys try to rob me, try to like pull an off me and knock them straight out. Didn't nice. even think about it. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? You pull an off me, I'm gonna either run. That's obviously your best fight option. Fight or flight, right? Yeah, fight or flight, you know? But I definitely want the next generation to know how to defend themselves because it's something that can be useful for the rest of your life and it's something that this art form, you will never forget how to do it. You'll never forget how to throw a right hand after you do this camp. You will never forget how to take a punch after the camp. So if you do take a punch and you're, you're out in the street, at least you, th- you might have a chance of not getting knocked out. And not, not, not only that, when you walk into a room, you've got this... Aura where you're calm, nothing's really going to frustrate you, get you um, too upset. Where someone who doesn't know how to fight and has never done the discipline before, they're usually the loudest ones in the room. Yeah, just a bit of self confidence, right? The self confidence, exactly. You feel like you can handle yourself in any situation. You know, it's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Correct. Exactly right, bro. Perfectly said. And that's what you know. I love people. You know. You know, from the ages of five coming in through the gym all the way through to our oldest member who's like 70 years old. Anyone can learn it. That's what's beautiful about the sport. So your advice would be just to, just to start? Just to start, bro. And you can start at any Find age. Find a good trainer in a good gym with a good reputation and just start going. And learn properly. Yeah. You know, and yeah. like I said, people from all shapes of life come through. Do you think it's um, more important starting out footwork or handwork? Um... I'd say st- I always get people starting from their feet up. From their feet up. Yeah. yeah. I was told if you start with the hands, your feet will never catch up. Yeah. They're, well, boxing, everything has to work together. It has to be mm. one moving. You've got to move like water, like Bruce Lee says, you know, where if your feet are wrong, but your hands are always, you know, in, a, in the right position, they're not working together. You're not generating that weight quick enough. You know, there's so many little things by not having good footwork that will affect your boxing in general. You know, that's why I always start new clients from the feet and go up. There must Is it difficult these days when everyone's so used to getting instant results and they want instant results? They just want to go in there and start learning how to throw punches. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's, if you, if you're you almost trying to take a slow approach. Yeah, if you're trying to get into a disciplinary art. Um, that's what it is. It's discipline, it is. right? It's discipline. It's consistency. It's going to teach 
use so many things, you know, that you can use in other forms of life, you know, where if you just want to get in there and throw hands, like you can just go to any gym and start throwing straight punches and burn some calories. But if you want to learn how to defend yourself, you need to go to a good gym, you know, a good gym that knows what they're talking about and teach you the correct way. And then what advice would you give to someone who is leading up to a fight, right? Started going to the gym, um, has started implementing the basics. They're leading up to their, say their first fight. Mm. What advice would you give someone in that position? Like they've got a trainer, they've got a gym, they're going daily, they're learning boxing and they've got a fight coming up in an X amount of time. Yeah. What advice would you give to someone working towards that? Just enjoy the process of, of being a modern day gladiator and, mm. and feeling what it feels like to be a fighter. You know, it's, it's such a, um, I don't know, it's just like, it's, it's, it's not heavily promoted, you know, like um, it's, a, it's a beautiful art form. It's a, it's a sport that teaches you so much and enjoy the experience of the journey, you know, like even same advice to you, bro, for the next eight weeks. Enjoy, enjoy feeling a little bit hungry. Enjoy feeling a little bit scared and fearful and that sort of stuff because the feeling of, you know, either getting a win or a loss, you know, the fact that you've jumped in there, 99% of people have never been punched in the face before. Do you know what I'm saying? The fact that you've gone in there needs to be respected. Anyone that jumps in the ring has to be respected for it because I'm telling you, bro, you will compare it to skydiving and you tell me after it what's scarier. Okay. You tell me. I think 99% of people probably need to get punched in the face. 100%. We all know someone well, that needs well, to get punched in the face, right? Well, yeah, 100%. And when you're inspiring, mm-hmm. you just realize, you know, I, what am I made out of? You want to, you, you're doing this because you truly want to find that out, bro. You, you want to find out what you're made of, you know? It's interesting. Um, I actually reflected retrospectively on sparring after the first time i did it because you walk in the ring bro you got no fucking clue what you're doing Mm. um and i kind of think that for better or worse um because i've only got a small time in order to go from zero to hero yeah i kind of feel like it was like thrown in the deep end and learn to swim while you're there yeah whereas i feel like if i joined a gym and i wasn't training for a fight and i was just learning to box Mm. be a long time of learning the basics before you get in the ring right I don't have that luxury. I have, you know, I don't have the luxury of time. Yeah. And I reflected on it afterwards and I was like, what kind of man am I? What kind of man am I? I went in the ring and I, you know, I put my gloves on and I went in the ring and I fought someone. Mm. Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't much of a fight, my first time sparring, I'll, yeah. I'll be honest. Um, but I reflected on it. I was like, what kind of man am I? And I'm the kind of guy that doesn't back down. Mm. Um, I was uncomfortable. I was in pain. Yeah. It wasn't a nice experience. Um, I felt very alone. Yeah. And very... It can be the loneliest sport, bro. Yeah, and I felt very um, intimidated. And very, very just... (sighs) Like imagine if someone strapped skis on my my boots and pushed me down a hill when I didn't know how to ski mm. into like a heavily branched area and all the branches were going to smack me in the yeah. face every couple of seconds. Yeah. It's kind of how I felt. That's yeah. like the closest analogy I could give to someone to explain what it was like. Yeah. And then trying to navigate that and 
yeah, it was it was not a nice experience. But I walked away from that night with a bit of a headache, um, blood coming out of my face and like, you know. Uh, but I walked away from that and I, f- I thought, it actually wasn't so bad. Mm. But like, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to keep doing it until I get and good you, at this. you start getting addicted to it, bro. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You get addicted to the sport because how how much it tests you and how much you still need to learn. You know, like the best fighters in the world, bro, like I've heard it from their mouths say, let's say it's Pacquiao. He's had 60 fights or something. There's always something more to learn from boxing. There's always a style that can beat you. There's always some more work that you could be doing in a certain area. Maybe it's defense, maybe it's attacking, maybe it's your fitness. There's always something to learn from it, bro. So it's something that you can keep doing for so many years, you know, and that's what's beautiful about the sport, bro. You know? test you in so many ways you find out so much about yourself what would you say someone that wasn't naturally like me like i'm quite competitive right and i'm like you know i had a sparring session today that i made a i did a couple of really good things in the spa and i did a couple of things that cost me you know and now i'm I'm walking around with a very sore jaw as a result right Mm. um and they're just look that's just the teething part of boxing yeah you know figure it out if <laughs> i don't want to learn by the things i did well i want to learn by the things that cost me correct so i don't have that happen in a fight yeah now what advice would you give to someone who's would love to do this but is just so intimidated about what we're talking about right now and the thought of getting in the ring and fighting someone just scares the shit out of them how would someone overcome that and and get into the sport and and be able to take the sport at their own speed? I always, always tell everyone to just start at the basics, mate. Like don't, don't have, don't put too much pressure on yourself to want to fight for you. It's a different scenario because you're given the opportunity. Baptism by fire, right? Yeah. Where you stand a person walking the street, if they want to get into the boxing, start from your feet up. Like I said, go with your technique, do it for months years whatever and then when you're comfortable with it and you've got that burning desire to want to do it jump in there and see see what you know you're kind of made out of but it's not for everyone fighting is not for everyone do you know what i'm saying it just it proved that over the time because of how many people actually do jump in the ring not many yeah. people get hit in the face not many people do it you no. know no so it's not for everyone but give it time give it time do you know what i mean give it time get the basics down pack get the technique work on technique and everything else will come from that because a lot of people will try and hit the bag and go really hard or really quick but technique will bring you power and speed if that makes sense like any sport it could be golf Arnold Schwarzenegger he's way bigger than Tiger Woods but who's hitting the ball further because of the technique you know I feel like Arnold Schwarzenegger in his prime could have picked up Tiger Woods and then hit the ball with Tiger Woods maybe <laughs> yeah but Tiger Woods still might hit that ball further yeah, sure. Yeah, look, I think I think my advice as a as a beginner in the sport to any other people out there that want to give it a go is just um be humble. Mm. Walk in the gym and just be super humble, super appreciative of any help. Because people will help you. Hundred percent. People look, want to help. Boxing us. gyms have people from every yes. part of life, bro. That's yes. what's beautiful about it. We're accepting of everyone. That's what I love about a gym. People want to help you. People want to see you do well in life. It takes a very bitter person to want to drag you down. Most people I've encountered in the world 
are happy to help and want to mm. see you do well. Exactly. So if you, if you want to get into the sport, it's an amazing sport. It's not all bad. It's not all scary. You can take it at your own pace. Correct. Walk into the gym, be super humble, super appreciative of everyone and the help that they give you. Yeah. And just pick it up. Just pick and it just, up. And it just will start, change bro. your like life. Like you said before, just start. And the fitness aspect of it will change your life because you can't, you can't do one without the other. Mm. Like boxing will hold you accountable to fitness, mm. right? You can't, yeah. you can't go into a boxing gym and learn to box and not be at least pressured to do some fitness in your own spare time outside of the gym. Exactly. They you, go hand in hand. Because if you're struggling that one class, you'd be like, oh, shit, maybe I should be running a little bit more. And for people that struggle with motivation, the classes will become increasingly harder as you develop. Exactly. Which will put more pressure on you to become fit outside of those classes yep. or outside of sparring or whatever it is that you and your trainer are doing at the time. You just simply will not be able to keep up if you don't do fitness. So the gym will hold you accountable to fitness and fitness will and it gives increase it, your potential in boxing. Exactly. And it gives you goals without you even really talking about them. You're just subliminally doing it to yourself. You're giving yourself goals. Like My, my initial goal was to do two laps of the park where I live. And once I did that, my goal was to run to the beach and back. Hmm. Now I do that easy. Now my goals are to run to the beach, do hill sprints at the beach, and then run home. Hmm. And my next goals are to do run to the beach, do hill sprints, run home. And then on alternating days, do hill sprints, and then maybe do a long walk or something in the afternoon yeah. before I go to sparring. Um, but my, my training is becoming more and more and more intense. Hmm. And now I, um, I'm excelling and going way beyond what I thought my body was capable of. Yep. Because like I said before, boxing will hold you accountable to fitness. And honestly, bro, it's a credit to you because before me and this specimen next to me, Lewis, come to film you today, knowing that you only picked a sport up a month ago, like properly anyways, um, I was, I was out, it was outstanding to see how good you actually developed you know, inside of a month, inside of a month. And, and obviously Steve Rudolphs at, um, Bono boxing club is a, is a great coach and he's had previous celebrities, um, train with him. Brilliant coach with, with, um, with everything and a pro fighter. So he knows the game. Um, and Bondo boxing club is a brilliant, brilliant gym. Set up brilliant gym. They have some of the best pros. In and Australia. Steve, Steve is, Steve is training me to the lead up to the fight and a, a brilliant guy and a brilliant trainer. As and well. he's very honest with you. And, when you're taking someone to battle, you have to be brutally honest. You can't sugarcoat nothing. You need to tell them exactly how it is and you need to guide them to what they should be doing. You know, if, you, if you're feeling a little bit tired one day, it's his job and your job. It's definitely your job too. But well, it's look, his I've job hired to Steve to do a job. Exactly. And the only one that really gets in the way of his job is me. Exactly. Right? His, job, his job is me. It's you versus you, bro, every yeah, day. His job is me. And I've probably heard I don't care come out of Steve's mouth. The first, the first, so I've been training with Steve for two weeks now. Yeah. Two it's three weeks. I, I don't know, man. I've been hitting that a lot lately. Um, and the first time I went to Steve, we were just doing pad work. Yeah. I was so unfit for boxing that during the rounds of pad work, I couldn't even keep my hands up. Mm. And I, I couldn't physically hold my hands up to my head anymore. Yeah. And Steve's like, I don't care. Put your hands up. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. Throw your hands. Let's go. One, two. 
Because him oh, saying okay. that is going to save you from copping punches in eight weeks. In the fight. And you right? don't even know it. But that, that's his job. Exactly. And he's brilliant at his job. Yeah. It's a really, really and, good job. And guy. that's what I was saying to you, bro. It's a mental thing too, bro. It's a mental... Yeah, but it's what I was you... leading to is that he is... He is a tough love mm. instructor. Yeah. I've been to other instructors where it's love, love. Mm. They're like, they're very soft with you. It's all, yeah. we're going to take it at our own pace, but I don't need that. I need to... I need baptism by fire shit. And Steve's yeah. good at that. He will take you from nothing to fighting ready in eight weeks. That's really? his job. That And he's a specialist at it, bro. I've he's very good. Him, I've seen him do it in such a small amount of time. Like if anyone out there wants to learn how to box in Sydney, go learn with Steve Rodosh at Bondo Boxing Club. The guys mm. down there are fucking great. You know, like I've never, I've never seen it before. It takes a very good training and someone who's very patient to do the stuff that he does. And what you were saying before about how impressed you were and how I've come along in a month. Mm. Um, mate, really, I wasn't really doing that much before I came to Steve. So really, it's more like three weeks, two weeks, mm. right? And yeah. he's taken a guy who had, I would say, a basic, basic idea for yeah. two weeks to what you saw today. Yeah. Really, effectively, that was Steve. Yeah. So that compliment really isn't for me. It's for him. Yeah, for both of you. Remember, you're putting in the work and so is he. I'm putting in the work, but... Really, like, I just see myself as the mold of clay. Mm. He's the artist, bro. Yeah. He's the one He's the one that's, like, chiseling away at it, like we were talking about before. Mm. Really, it's, yeah, it's, like, yeah, it's, it's like, me, but he's he's the guy chiseling away all the, all the weaknesses. He's Customato and you're Mike Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> Cust would have been cool to train with, I reckon. Oh, he was, he was a master. T- we call it tapering in boxing. It's when you're... You, you, you taper someone's mind to think a certain way, especially when you're fighting, you know. And I just think he's great at doing that. And I've, se- I've, I've seen his work before and I've seen it with you today. Um, he's doing a phenomenal job, you know. So credit and credit to you, bro, because you, you're putting in the hard work, bro. You're doing, you're doing extra bits. You're going for your runs. You're listening to what he's saying. He could be telling you to do these things. As a coach, he can't do it for you. He can only tell nah. you what you need to be doing. If you're nah. not doing it, Remember, tr- train hard and fight easy. Don't train easier than fight hard. No. Do you no, know what I'm saying? No. And yeah, you're right. It's not like Steve's rocking up at my house at 5 a.m. and pulling me out of bed. Well, I've got to do he's it. He's got I've his got own family. Work. He's got his own things to worry about. Yeah. You know? Steve, if you're listening, um, you know, that is the level of service I would probably expect from a really great trainer. <laughs> but, um, you know, we've got to do it. we got to do Yeah. Yeah. I think the, I think the pulling you out of bed service is a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, no, he's, he, he's great. Um, and he, he'd probably be sitting there shaking his head right now listening to this, but he, he's, he's great. And, um, he's great, bro. And outside of the boxing gym, a really, really great guy. Yeah. A father like me. And you'll you know, notice a lot of boxers are, very balanced individuals um he'd be he'd be um someone if i'd met him outside i would have thought just a very meek and mild-mannered guy mm. but then i can imagine it being on the receiving end of him in a boxing ring you'd see a different person yeah his last fight was a knockout by the way i, I actually I, <laughs> you know to, to be quite honest um the amount of training we've been doing it's all focused on me I haven't even really looked into Dumb his swim. his history. Um, I was actually kind of saving it more towards after the fight. I kind yeah. of wanted to know more about him personally after the fight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the moment, he's my trainer and we're focusing yeah. on training. Yeah. We're focusing on getting me ready for a fight. Like, 
I'd be more more keen on listening to you know sitting down with him and talking about I reckon, like his, I reckon. his history after I've yeah. had my fight, you know, and then yeah. we've probably got a bit more in common then as well. And, and you got to remember, it takes a special person to become a professional boxer. Which I'm saying it takes a lot of takes things to happen in life and that sort of stuff. I'd be interested to know if he chose it or if it's just something like a path he started down and then followed it. You know, well, bro, you know, or if it's sort of something he always wanted to be. Back here when when Lester Ellis started, he he grew up in commission flats, had no mum. His his brother was his mum and dad. He was the guy who nurtured him. So it's crazy. You know, alone together and this sport gave him stability and, and discipline showed him a lot of things in life you know so is the boxing game quite a tight-knit community everyone knows everyone yeah 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 for sure everyone knows what's going on i hear about things that happen internationally that you just think how the, f- how the fuck did i find out about that i know how this guy's sparring i've heard this little goss here and that thing over there you know it's a really small community bro especially worldwide if you're in with the cliques, you know everything. You know what's going on. Is there a risk of my training being breached? Like, you know... Someone finding out about it? Yeah, or like reporting back to the opposite camp, stuff like that. If you've got people who are coming in and um, filming your spas and sending that sort of stuff off, that's something that we don't accept. Definitely don't accept it in a professional boxing world. And that's like a big no-no when you go into a when you're going on a professional boxing spa, um, but things like that, leaked footage, all that sort of jazz. Do you know what I mean? You want to stay away from people filming anything. Do you know mm. what I mean? Except for me, which I'm your promoter, so I need to know. Oh right, yeah, I was getting worried. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, Show me not, today. Don't yeah. worry, I'm not going to send it out. I need it, <laughs> like because I work with Palmer Bet, so I need to know where you guys are at with your technique. How you going with sparring? So I help me out with giving odds and that sort of stuff, you know what I mean? To make it very even. Yeah. But in terms of that, I don't would never tell anyone how you guys are going. That sort of stuff is not yeah, my it's, job it's, to do. Yeah, it's yeah. you guys do your work. You know, I always sit on the fence with any questions that parties might ask me and that sort of stuff. I just tell you how you're looking and I tell you how you're going. That's all you need to know. Because at the end of the day, it's like there is no, there is no favoritism here. You guys are both just as appreciated as each other. Do you know what I'm saying? It's cool, bro. I know I'm your favorite. You don't have to say it. Oh, I don't want you to compromise anything by saying that anyway. No, I just didn't want to say it online. Any, yeah. <laughs> any, um, any last words for anyone listening? Um, this has been an absolute bloody pleasure, and, and great to finally meet you in person today. And um, should we promote the fight? Let's promote the fight. What date's it on, Harrison? August 19. When am I fighting? What time of the night? You'd be fighting the last fight of the night. So last fight of the night. Even our pros aren't even fighting later than you. You are the last fight of the night. And what time would we be on, roughly? I'd say about 11 p.m. Oh, 10, it's a late 10, fight. Yeah, it's going okay. to be a late one. Um, we, we have about 30 fights in that night. Wow. So you're going to be the lucky last one. Um, it's going to be streamed on StreamZone or Team Miles TV at the Melbourne Pavilion in Victoria. So if guys can't make it down, they can stream it online. Um, it's going to be a big show, highly anticipated by the media. And um, a lot of people want to see you get your head taken off, Harrison. But oh, Good luck. You know. <laughs> Those you people might, are going to be very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> you, might see, you might surprise even them, you know. So just keep putting in the hard work. And after seeing you today, this could be... You know, one of our favorite ever all-time fights, and a highly anticipated one of that. And um, like I said, even meeting you today, like you are not what the public perceive you as. You are funny, intelligent, good-looking, 
close close 10 eight and a half <laughs> um and just a really professional guy oh mate, i appreciate so, that thank you it's um it's been a pleasure to work with yeah yeah and likewise man all all the same things um great guy great great at what you do great promoter um thank you, really easy to get along with um i sometimes i get lost in your eyes when we have a conversation <laughs> same um, still don't want to say them before <laughs> yeah um <laughs> they <deep> blue eyes <laughs> <laughs> one thing uh i did want to um bring up about the fight itself is some people can't make it so they can stream it Correct. on stream zone yeah and obviously there's like some nominal fee or whatever and that would they be able to watch that at home yes they can watch it at the comfort of their own home and um yeah, especially interstaters who can't make it down because you're obviously from Sydney. The fight's going to be in Victoria. And then when I win this fight, there'll be opportunities for other things. You, you and I can always talk there's, about that off There's a lot of things in the pipelines for you that I haven't even told you about Ooh. for December. and Show the, me your pipeline. <laughs> I'll show you later. <laughs> and for 2024, bro. So yeah, there is, a, there is a big opportunity for anyone coming off reality TV, social media, influencers, YouTubers, twitches that sort of jazz like this is kind of where the future of boxing is is yeah. kind of going you know i want to fight all of the heads of the network at channel nine simultaneously in the ring and the main editor yeah yeah, yeah. the main editor is getting the shit punched out of him <laughs> or her whoever it was i don't even care do you no wanna, gender do you want to get paid for it do you uh, no it? no it's just like it's i just free. want them to do it right. i don't even care if it's promoted I just, yeah. yeah no worries um but it's funny you said about the edit before um or at least me personally in real life the, the the reason you say that stuff is because you actually had a chance to get to know me a lot of people don't get that chance that's, that's they just problem. see me on television and that's right? a problem I've, I've worked with a lot of guys in the entertainment industry and people always have these you know things that they think about people on tv it's like but you don't even know him what are you mm. saying oh i think he's a i think he's a dumbass or i think he's fucking rude it's like you have how would met, you know you don't even know like that's just a very it's just a very like louis said before it's an npc type thing to say <laughs> yeah you know, like you don't know that person you don't louis know he's coming with a couple of big hits <laughs> he did a couple one-liners <laughs> yeah but they don't know your story they don't know your background they don't know if your mother's struggling with the cancer they don't know if there's anything like that behind, happening behind the scenes so just don't say nothing you don't know where that person's mental health's at you know so mm. um and, and credit to you, bro, because you've, you've taken, you know, the steam from the show really well and you haven't changed who you are and don't change for anyone, bro, in terms of your edit that you get on a show. If you had to film something for 24 hours, you might get them saying something slightly dumb. So before you go and comment on it, let me go and film you for 24 hours straight for fucking eight weeks straight. Mate, the average, person, the average person's a fucking mess. Exactly right. When they come at us in the comments for something we said or did on a reality show, it's like, mm. you're seriously throwing stones from a glass house. Like, come on. <laughs> That's why I said to you, go put a camera in their house for eight weeks straight, 24 hours a day. No, yeah, no one would watch it. No one would be fucked. It. Yeah. Exactly the average right. person's life's tough, man. Like, exactly. Yeah. It doesn't give them an excuse to vent on us. But, man, I, I, I want to thank both you boys for coming in. This has been an absolute pleasure Likewise, like bro. easily one of my favorite podcasts i've ever done i'm glad bro and i'm glad um we got the opportunity to get lewis the cameraman right on here more than anything right lewis done a good job done a great Louis, job. do you want to say goodbye you want to say goodbye to the people no i'll say goodbye from here <laughs> <laughs> he's a humble he's a humble individual he's, he's a little shy now he's, i think he's a beautiful he's got a little beautiful shy. Man. A little bit. 
he's, he's worried because he's talked shit about Sydney. Yeah, so yeah. I'm gonna try and get this up before he leaves, so yeah. people stop him at the airport and use him. I'm with him. <laughs> yeah. I'm with him. <laughs> what are you worried about? You knock him out. Here's a security oh, guard he can now. Yeah. Yeah. He he can you got it. Just be you guys punching on with a group of people at Sydney <laughs> Airport. <laughs> it's like GTA down the Darling but yeah, bro, it's been a it's been it's an been absolute great. honor and, and and pleasure to um you know finally meet you and, and and hear your story and see what you're about, bro. And we appreciate the opportunity to come on the podcast, bro. Well, I'm sure we'll do something again. Um, we've wait. got all the promotion for the fight coming up, the fight itself on August 19. It's going to be juicy. Um, Melbourne Pavilion for people that want to come along, and if not, you can stream it on Stream Zone or was Team Ellis's Team website? Ellis TV. Uh, Team yeah, Alice TV. Team Alice website, you can get some tickets if they can make it down physically. Yeah, and then if they can't, if they have to stream it, where can they stream it from? On Stream Zone. On Stream Zone. Or, and that's not on the website, is it? That's an actual specific Yeah, that's post. a specific streaming service, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for coming in. Thank you, Mr. Boone. God bless you. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.